What's it really like being in the BDSM community? Is it all just devious sexual games, or is there a deeper human level? And can it be a place where we all could make a few friends? The, the community can definitely become a family or a place where you feel at home. The, I mean, the first kind of event that I went to, I uh, was a spanking party. Uh, actually, okay. I'm you, doing... you're going to have to back up. What are you talking about? <laughs> you went to what now? Um, My name is Jared Herzog, and welcome to Someone You Should Know. my fellow humans. How's it going? My name is Jared Herzog. Welcome to Someone You Should Know, a podcast where we learn about different people in sort of obscure, uh, obscure, obscure um, ways of life and learn about them before judging them. Our numbers keep going up and up. Y'all, it is so much fun to watch uh, our listeners, uh, our listenership uh, increase each week and each month um, and it's truly a blessing I, I sincerely appreciate it um, we've kind of made a little community here and uh, it, it's just a lot of fun to be a part of so I really appreciate that and speaking of community I wrote an article one time and long story short I basically stumbled on this study that talked about what's called the blue zones man did I tell the story before I don't know but um, the blue zones are Little, uh, like four little areas in the world where there's a high rate of centurions, which are people who live to be over a hundred. So researchers will go and study these people and figure out why the heck are these people living to be over a hundred on average? That's, that's very strange. They found three things. One, the first thing that uh, indicated a long life was a plant-based diet. Two, these uh, these people were always exercising. So it wasn't like they went to the gym. It was like they don't have chairs. So they were like getting up, you know, sitting down, walking everywhere. They're just very active. But the third thing, the biggest indicator of a long life is a sense of community. That's right. So having your friends around you or your family around you is crucial. I mean, think of all the celebrities out there who talk about being lonely. Like, what the heck? These are the 7,000 most famous people on the planet talking about loneliness. But that doesn't make any sense. There's this really neat documentary. The name is slipping my mind now, now, but it's on Netflix. And Paris Hilton is in the opener talking about how lonely she is. And she has the most popular Instagram as of uh, that documentary. And it's just baffling. Like, why do these people experience loneliness with so many people around them. What I wanted to say, guys, make sure everybody in your life that you love knows it. Make sure that you reach out and that you value those relationships because dude, it is a huge blessing in your life to have those people around you. And if you're you know, feeling a little empty inside or whatever, um, it's a great place to start. And it could all just start with a phone call or a text. Okay. Speaking of community, we are learning about the BDSM community today. PSA, it does get sexual, but, but, um, not too sexual. Um, Madam Posh came on my podcast. She's a dominatrix. She teaches classes. Um, if you've ever wanted to learn about this community, this is the place and time to do it. Madam Posh is an amazing, fun human being. One of the funnest podcasts easily by far. 
that I had. She was highly, highly informative, super, super funny, and the world is not what you think it is. I promise. I learned so much. I was like, dude, I thought this was all like dungeons, whips, leather, and that's it. It's just like sort of a fetish or some sort of like deviancy. It's not. It's a community. And it is fascinating to learn about this. I promise you don't know about it unless you're affiliated with it somehow. Your conceived, your preconceived notions, at least, at least mine. I'll speak for myself. My preconceived notions were not accurate. So this is a great, great one to check out. Share this with your friends. We are on iTunes and Spotify. I don't know how you found this podcast, but I really, really appreciate you checking it out. Please subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. This is what helps me reach more people and help my guests reach more reach more people so uh, please do so we're also on spotify oh and if you have any corrections i know there were some corrections with the last podcast i think i talked about how the rascal flats were from denton and like paul wall was from dallas neither are true rascal flats are from ohio and paul wall is from houston so um anyway so if you guys have any corrections be sure to email me someonepodcast at gmail.com Without further ado, my human beings, my lovely, perfect, wonderful human beings, guys, please welcome my next guest, Madam Posh, a dominatrix. I'm, I'm actually known for being quite loud. Oh, yeah? Yes. <laughs> so Right people, now I'm in professional business mode. You know, are you? I'm going to be interviewed, yes. Oh, well, that reminds me. We need to drink some beer. And oh. do you like beer? So I didn't know what you... I, this is the game I always have to play. Mm-hmm. I have beer. Mm-hmm. If you don't like beer, I have that that wine. What kind of beer do you have? I have this fine beer here. It's oh. called Revolver Blood yes, and Honey. Yes, Blood and Honey. That is a local. You down? Um, you to- know, I, Blood and Honey is a great beer, but okay. I think I will have the wine. Okay. Is that, am I going to be, I just said I was low maintenance and then now I'm going to make you open a bottle of wine. Yes. You are now <laughs> officially high maintenance. Just embrace it. I mean, I can open the bottle. I've been a bartender for a long time. Oh yeah? Yeah. So you can do it quick. Yeah, I probably can. Yes. So Madam Posh is currently opening a uh, bottle of wine. Oh yes. Yes. I'm currently opening a bottle of wine. <laughs> She's doing with, it with a plum. With his crappy wine opener. <laughs> it's actually going to end up being a BDSM scene. I'm going to be <laughs> being a little masochistic to myself. Yeah. Okay, do it from do it from the top like this. Like that. Yeah, it's going to hurt your hand now. Oh, Ooh. my hands have hurt worse. Okay. <laughs> I don't know where that sits on the gauge of pain there. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was like a, a um, an intense pressure in a, in a very singular spot. Uh, but I've also been hand tossed before, which is basically where your hands are slapped with a leather uh, strap or like a leather belt. And that hurts like, can I swear on here? You can swear a lot on here. Okay. That hurts like a motherfucker. Dude, we're going to get into all that. Cause that literally, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> we can get all into yeah, it. I can explain. We going to do it. All right. Well, so, cheers. Yeah, cheers. Absolutely. Yes. Ugh. Ugh. Oh, man. So today I have a really cool and neat, special, wonderful guest. Uh, her name is Madam Posh. I uh, found her through a mutual friend. And uh, this is a subject that I have absolutely no idea about whatsoever. So that's the point. I always... Fantastic. Yeah. 
So I find, but I'm very curious. Good. So I'll, I find people and I interview them if, if it's things I really don't have any idea about. And also I think things that get misrepresented sometimes, like people will make, as people do, sort of like quick judgments about things. That's fine. I think BDSM falls under that. No, you don't really know all about it until you're in it. Is that, do you feel like that's something that's true or not? Yeah, that's something that's, yeah, very true. You don't, the, okay, so I may have to describe some terms since mm. you know nothing. Yes. But, like John Since Snow, you know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, apologies for all the Game of Thrones references. I'm like the biggest Game of Thrones nerd. Okay, so um, <laughs> in, in kink or BDSM culture, we refer to things that are not kinky or you know, that BDSM mm -hmm. as vanilla. Um, oh, that's me. Yes. And so you would be vanilla. So vanilla. <laughs> that's not the first time I've been called that either. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, they were probably kinky then. <laughs> eh. um, but, um, anyway. oh, my goodness. Okay, so I just explained that and then I forgot. What so what does BDSM was. actually stand for? BDSM stands for Bondage, Discipline, Dominance, Submission, Sadomasochism. Okay. Yes. Okay. So as I understand, it's sort of an umbrella term for a lot of different things. A though. lot of different things. Yes. Okay. Okay. So go back to what you were saying just earlier. Before well, I interrupted. so um, just just so people understand, yes, when I'm referring to the difference between kink culture or uh, vanilla culture, mm -hmm. which would be, you know, people who are not kinky, I, we refer to them as vanillas or that sometimes, um, you know, lots of people have jobs and this mm -hmm. is not their full-time life uh and so we'll say you know oh you have to go back to your vanilla life you know and um because lots of people this is something that is very private or hidden we mm -hmm. within the community go by most of the time go by nicknames or our fet life names mm -hmm. uh fet life is basically like a facebook for kinky people it's a great place to find events so you can meet other kinky people in your area um, so most people within the lifestyle are very private. So what about you? Uh, well, it is, <laughs> it is my entire life. And so within the last few months, uh, I have, I made it public on my personal, mm -hmm. uh, social medias. I didn't necessarily like phone anybody in particular or anything to let yeah. them know. I figure you'll find out eventually, or someone will tell you they saw me on YouTube and then I know that person's kinky. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Yeah. It's like you're doing it just to find out who mm. all the... Can you, tell, can you tell that somebody's kinky or part of that community if they are not admitting it? Like, can you just tell by meeting somebody? Uh, it depends on... Sometimes, yeah. I mean, if somebody's in a very high protocol, which means a, a dynamic where there's lots of rules, mm -hmm. um, and I can maybe tell some of those signs or some of the actions that that person may be doing, certain nicknames I could pick up on, certain callers. Um, the more you know about the community, the more you kind of see different things. Yeah. Uh, but then some people are also don't do any of that kind of stuff in publicly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they only kind of do those kind of things behind closed doors. But there's definitely an energy. I'm, I've worked vanilla jobs while I've been kinky. And it, strangely enough, I would make friends in a, van a very vanilla way. And then eventually... 
eventually the, if the friendship's going to be real, I have to tell you what I do in the rest of my life or, uh, or I can't really tell stories anymore. Um, and, uh, I'm at like nine out of 10 that are like, yeah, no, I've totally heard of that before. I love getting spankings or yeah, I'm, I've, I've had a slave before. And I'm like, I, there's an energy. We feel, we feel each other even in vanilla world. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. So how, well, how big is the community? Is it bigger than we think it is? Like in Dallas, maybe it is. Yes. It's bigger than probably, uh, I even know it is because I'm very active in the community. But again, there's a lot of people who have maybe private communities, maybe eight or 10 couples or, you know, 10, 15 people they get together with, or they only do it within uh, the bedroom or they only do it within their household Mm -hmm. and no one else knows. So yeah, I, I bet it's bigger than I even think it is. So would you say that it's a like a very inclusive community? Like, do you feel like that it's very community focused in other words? You know, do you feel like you're a part of something? Yes, I, f- I feel the overall message for the community is very, very inclusive. Um, I feel like humans are humans. And so, mm-hmm. you know, humans are flawed. And so mm-hmm. sometimes situations may arise or decisions may be made in certain groups mm-hmm. or with certain events that may look like they are not inclusive. But overall, the community is very inclusive. That's one reason why. I I enjoy it so much is because we have such an eclectic uh, group of people with just so many different creative skills and arts and talents and abilities. Um, And uh, you get to see that through their play. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would not have connections with some of these people if it was not for this like thing in common. Um, People 40 years older than me and got great stories and way more life experience. And I've got really cool relationships with these people, even outside of the dungeon. Yeah, that's fascinating. So it's really a great way to meet people in that sense. Yeah, if if it's something you're genuinely interested in, I mean, the the community can definitely become a family or a place where you feel at home. I mean, the first kind of event that I went to, I uh, was a spanking party. Uh, Actually, I'm going... You're going to have to back up. What are you talking about? (laughs) You went to what now? Um, So, like, just like like any hobby, we -hmm. have conventions. Sure, sure. Like, I'm planning on going to Con of Thrones. Like, I like to go to Comic-Cons. And I also like to go to King conventions. So, um, there are a couple spanking-focused or impact play-focused conventions that are in Houston and Dallas. One of them is called Lone Star, and that was the first event that I went to last year, which I'm going to again in a couple weeks. You basically, it's just like kinky summer camp for adults. Yeah. Is there spanking involved? Oh, lots of spanking. (laughs) So much spanking. Like you, you can, you can, your vanilla mind cannot fathom how much spanking goes on at these parties. It's insane. I, That's I'm, the clip I'm, I'm going to use right there at the top of the podcast, right there. You do not know how much spanking is going on. I, I mean, it was, it was a, it was an interesting experience because you see people, and you know, they're in their sixties or. Um, you know, not saying that's old. I'm not being ageist. I'm just saying they're older and like they haven't had coffee. Mm. They're not drinking a Red Bull or anything yeah. and they will be spanking or getting spanked till six o'clock in the morning. Oh just my God. high off of. Um, so one of the things within kink it, that you uh, get oftentimes uh, the bottom will get it during the scene, which is called subspace. And that is basically the adrenaline rush you get from what you're doing. OK, so this adrenaline feeling you're getting 
from doing what? From what are we doing? Whatever BDSM activity you're doing. It can be okay. from doing a spanking scene to maybe a degradation scene. Maybe you're doing needles. Maybe you're doing rope suspension. There's, I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds of fetishes and different kinks. Maybe you're just in a, in a power exchange dynamic and uh, your dominant is just exerting that power with no necessarily toys or anything, making you sit in certain positions. So how is that decided? I mean, is there like just certain groups that do specific things only and then you just attend these things? Like how does it actually, how does it break down? There are groups that, uh, that focus on specific type of things, like maybe a group that's specifically impact play or spanking focused. Um, like I lead a group that's a rope education group. So we do Hmm. Shibari rope suspension, um, bondage. Um, we teach a class and then we have an open session, uh, where you can just kind of lab it out. Um, but those are, some, I mean, um, and then some of those groups are educational. Some of them are just parties. Uh, we have, there's an edge play group in the community, which is just all types of play, just things that are on the edgier side of things. Yeah. Um, but then, that sounds cool. Yeah. There's, uh, yeah. So some <laughs> groups are focused on one thing. Some yeah. groups kind of incorporate everything as a Makes theme. Sense. It just depends. Sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. So how does somebody know, like, I mean, this is probably a stupid question, but how does like somebody know what their thing is? You know what I mean? Like, cause it seems like it's so many, but only specific. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like, uh, the more you research, mm. um, you know, I know when I first got here, you mentioned you were a nerd and I am also a nerd. And oh, so yeah. when I, uh, first kind of discovered that this was a lifestyle. And even as I've just been learning more, I things from my vanilla life um, pop up where I'm like, oh, that makes so much sense. That was totally a kinky thing that I did, or I was totally being more dominant okay. in that dynamic or, um, I see. you know, or whatever else. Um, but I find a lot of people within the community, it's something they've known or thought about or obsessed about for a long time. I mean, really? some of them from the time they were children. Oh, wow. Um, a lot with spanking, uh, but th- with lots of different fetishes. Some people I've heard, I think on a documentary, I heard that a, a, a lady likes to be tied up because she always liked to be tied up. She'd always try to be the damsel in distress when they would play as kids and get tied to a tree. Mm-hmm. Um, and now she does, you know, shibari bondage or whatever. And that's just been something, a sensation she's always liked. I think the biggest misconception to start when you're thinking about BDSM is take sex out of the picture. If you take that out of the picture, then you can start looking at these things as more of like experiences like, um, um, like when native Americans would go into the forest and find themselves or something like that. Or if you're, you're doing like an a spiritual Iowa, experience. Yeah. So yeah. this is a spiritual experience in a way. Yeah. Okay. I think a lot of things that we do, some of them are just for pleasure, but some of them can be healing. Some of them can be enlightening. Some of them. Can, what are they healing? Um, like spiritual healing, okay. um, or so like depression, depression. Yeah. Some, um, I, I like to, I like to preface this, that kink and BDSM is not therapy, but it Mm -hmm. can be therapeutic. Okay. Um, so yeah, there's definitely people within the community that have dealt with past traumas or depression or, um, um, PTSD and things like that wow. from 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 BDSM and and kink. Yeah, uh, ho- you know if hopefully in my lifetime they will be able to recognize it as a as a legit form of therapy. That would be that would be my everything I'm doing would be a success if that happened. Hey, that's why you're here. You know, that's really interesting. So it sounds like BDSM can be for in essence anybody when you look at it from that angle. I mean, everybody yeah. goes through depression. 
everybody yes. has personal trauma and a lot of people do feel trapped in the shit that they're dealing with. So BDSM, at least the way you're describing it, seems like a life release in that way or oh, like much, sort of a yes. freedom like yeah. that you can experience. Is that what it is for you? Do you feel like? Yeah. Um, or is again, that how it started? The, the experience is, is different depending on uh, which side of the slash, meaning whether you're in the dominant or submissive role. But as a, as a submissive, when you're going into that subspace, it's basically like an opportunity where all of your, th- you don't have to make any decisions. And so, and uh, not to get like on a deep, deep level. Do it. But um, the way that our brains work. <laughs> Yo, man. Here it comes. Subconsciously, <laughs> your brain is constantly making decisions sure. before you have consciously yes. uh, reasoned why you've made that decision. Yes. So in those moments, because you have a dominant that is making those decisions for you, that is in which moment it, when you're in a scene. Okay. You, a scene is a period where you're um, and this doing is agreed BDSM upon activities. Multiple people yes, in one consented thing. to, okay. negotiated, everything. With consent, negotiation, trust, communication. Those are the biggest. And they call them four scenes words. like you're acting. Yes. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, w- when you're in a scene and uh, you're in that moment, that part of the brain that is constantly having to make all those decisions mm-hmm. gets to rest pretty much. And in that, that, uh, that energy um you're free and you can that's that's where i mean it's a similar like i said a similar kind of experience as a as a spiritual walk or awakening kind of thing but that's when you can kind of get in that headspace where it's like i don't have to think about anything this is a freeing moment i'm a hundred percent in this now moment of the world which is also you know the future and the past at the same time again not to get too deep but like it, it that's a beautiful um experience and then during a scene too you constantly have that energy connection with the other person that you're mm. scening with um and so that's also a really beautiful and amazing experience and that can be sexual it can be non-sexual it can be erotic and intimate but still not sexual it can be just um um like i said it can be healing it can be lots of different things it just depends it sounds like you're describing meditation. Yeah. In some sense. Pretty much. Because that's kind of the goal of that. Mm-hmm. As far as my brother, my brother's huge into that. Yeah, it's, it's yes, that's the best way to explain it. And same from the top side, um, it's a meditative state. It's just different because the top is the one that is constantly having to think about what's going on, making sure that the bottom is safe. You can't really go into a headspace where you don't need to make any, any decisions, right? Um, because you have to make decisions. So top space like is... What? Take us through something. Um, well, so say I'm doing an impact scene. Um, what's and that? Spanking. Okay. Impact. Um, yes. Impact. So I have a bunch of different toys I might use. And so during the scene, I'm trying to think, uh, is the, how's the rhythm of the spanking? Is it, um, you know, how, how's the pressure of how I'm going down? Am I going too hard? What's the reaction I'm getting from my bottom? What's the next toys I'm going to use? Are they getting bored? What's the music going like? And these? how do you gauge this? Asking? No, well, sometimes you do. Um, sometimes you ask some of these things ahead of time. Um, definitely, if it's somebody new I'm playing with, I'm going to gauge like, hey, is that uh, on a scale of one to ten? What pain level is Afterwards. that for you? Um, because again, I could I could spank two different people with the same force, and one of those it could be a ten, the other one could be a four. So it, it, when you're playing with someone new, you're definitely going to gauge those things by asking. As you start playing with people that you're more comfortable with playing, you can kind of just let the energy. Uh, feed you or you read their nonverbal language whether they're to- like I'm pretty uh, I'm mostly top but um, I do switch occasionally how do you know that how do you know that that you know I, what I mean that I mostly top yeah um, I, because 
Um, it's an, <laughs> it's an interesting thing. So, and also what is it? We should know that too. Um, yeah. So a top is just going to be the, the person that's, uh, is doing the things in the scene. Okay. And most of the time a top describes a situation where there's no power exchange, meaning that you don't have to do what I'm saying. Uh, we've pre-negotiated, you know exactly what's going to happen. I would like to have the flogger and then okay. I would like to have the paddle and we're not using whips and you know, we're not going to break the skin and like all of those things are preset and negotiated. And, um, uh, clearly communicated. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas when you're in a 24-7 dynamic, you may, um, you kind of, a power exchange, you will you can just tell your sub, tonight you get the whip. And, and you'll like, word? And then they've you- already, um, you know, you do a negotiation in the beginning of your relationship typically, and you can, const- you can constantly negotiate within your relationship. But typically you set up boundaries and then the top is allowed to play within those boundaries or the dominant or the master or the mistress all the same thing all the same things just terms terms you can use um they do have meanings for specific things within the community but i'm finding that the culture is definitely turning into um you know they're just labels and you can use them however you want so it doesn't matter it doesn't really matter yeah um a a great example is my um my primary partner um, is a, a male submissive and uh, what does that mean primary partner what does that mean um so a lot of people within the community you don't have to be you can completely be monogamous but a lot of people within the community all are polyamorous and when i say polyamorous i need to talk I, to you after this because that's like my next target <laughs> like polyamory um i've actually got a great person you can talk to he has he is on like the podcast, four, four or five different Another partners. Another guest, right here. Yeah, that's and working. And he's he's literally he's amazing. He can give you yes. Yeah, so oh, much I'm content. down. Cool. Um, but uh, so lots of people are polyamorous. Um, and so you can does be, that mean you're committed? Okay, so let me this let me explain the, it like you, this. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So uh, I'm just gonna explain it how it works Please. within the kink community. You can totally be poly Please. and not be kinky, but within the kink community, you can be. Um, like polyamorous in a kink sense, meaning I seen with other people, but that doesn't mean I have sexual or um, romantic relationships with other people. Like maybe you go to the dungeon and like, I'm really good at flogging. You want to be flogged. But this is not a sexual thing though? But not a sexual thing. Okay, that's why I think I'm confused because I feel like this was all kind of Mm, sexual in some way. No, 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 no. Think about everything I've talked about is like 95% of it not being sexual. Think of it very transactional. Like say you want to- Get my head there. Get my head there. Okay, say- your back hurts. Yeah. Yeah. So you go to a massage therapist, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I have a flogger that will do the same thing. <laughs> Top of the podcast. <laughs> um, it, actually, it will be it would be better. Would be <laughs> I better. Think. I think and yes. cheaper probably. Uh, no. Oh, wow. really? <laughs> Is it expensive? Um, my um, my rate's thirty three hundred an hour for my pro work. Oh my god. ハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハ
guys on Bumble that kept suggesting it, <laughs> telling me that they were dominant. Um, and then I started being like, what is this that they're talking about? Uh-huh. Uh, so then I started doing some research. Um, and then that research turned into just just lots and lots of research. What was your first like physical, like when you went to the place, you went to a convention, you met with somebody? What was that? Um, that was at the, um, the event I mentioned I went to last year, which was Lone Star. I think I did, I didn't, um, top anyone is a little side note when you are first getting into the community because everything is about trust and communication and being able to understand your abilities. Mm-hmm. Often tops, uh, it is, is a, an investment of time and commitment to go to events, to find people that trust you to be able to bottom for you. So the first few events that I went to, I didn't really top anyone. I did happen to know some people. Um, I think the third event I, that I went to, um, was the first time that I actually top someone that I wasn't like um, in a relationship with. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so so your first your first introduction was last year. No, to the community. So I've been okay, pri- okay. I, privately I've been kinky for over four years. Okay, but I just started being active in the community about a year ago. Okay, yeah, and then I st- I started pro work about six seven months ago. So you're just starting off. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of I'm very I'm new but I, I've kind of jumped in head first. What it kind of like I got I like I found it and then it was just like this is everything I've ever wanted to do. Like if I I when I even career wise when I was thinking of like all the uh, past experiences I've had and different jobs wide variety of jobs that I've had uh, most of those things were preparing me for this Amazing. there's a, a lot of different skills and random things even starting my YouTube page that I've done before that just kind of filled in and that I'm passionate about um, event planning entrepreneurship telling men what to do like they just kind uh, of who all like came, toge- came together came <laughs> yeah. um you know the 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 outfits and the costumes and i'm like i said i'm i'm a nerd i'm into cosplay like all of this kind of is like wh- yeah why would i not want to love doing all those things um and then on top of that on a you know not on a superficial level on a deeper level um most of the career paths i i was going down anyways were you know counseling life coach um ah. type of things anyways and so those all those things just kind of cumulated together um and and then lifestyle wise yeah it just was where i was supposed to be that is fantastic sorry for that space there we're we're drinking alcohol now we're, dr- we're drinking yeah um, sorry well i mean i'm drinking i think i've seen like Four, four, Wait, this is this four wine glass mini is sit. huge. Is huge, <laughs> and I've been having to do a lot of talking. You're the interviewer; you get to listen. That's I true. know. I I interview people. Oh, I like to talk though. I mean, if you want me to, if you want me to just go on, I I, I, know. I, I want I want to answer answer all your all your crazy you, curious questions. You are fantastic. That the vanillas have. You're so. <laughs> I really am a vanilla too. Like I'm the epitome of probably exactly what the cliche version of what you're talking about really because you're so cute though oh thanks like you, like you really are i feel like i don't know the nerd dumb and the kingdom crossover a lot so i'm not star wars nerd yeah i'm well, like you're like book nerd definitely i'm more like tech hi- nerd no no definitely not tech nerd i'm like history i love history oh, for I love one history thing too okay yeah I love history, and I just like to know about things. Mm-hmm. This nerdiness informs what I'm doing now. Yeah, I mean, this. I started off with a flat earther. Mm, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, and that 
like blew my mind. Mm-hmm. I was like, I have to, f- I have to find everybody. Yeah. Cause I love to learn about other people. I think that's probably the most interesting thing is just at like talking to people about it is so much better than learning about it through the internet. You know, even watching your videos, which I did was awesome. A cool experience, but it's nothing like right now. You know what I mean? Cause like <laughs> your video, you didn't call me cute. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm better in person. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Of course it is. You know? And I, and I feel like, I like the role because I like to play the part of just sort of the dummy. And that's mm-hmm. for anybody who literally has never even heard of this. Yeah. I'm here for them. Yeah. You know, I love that. that way. And yeah. I, I agree too. I mean, that is, um, yes. I mean, I do subscribe to some of the cliche nerdum things, but, um, that is probably where my nerdum stems from too, is I, I mean, I will just binge documentaries and oh, me then, too. then that documentary and yes. I learn about something else and I'm like, I didn't know about that. Let me learn about <laughs> Hitler's doctor for eight hours, you know, like, and like, that's been a lot of my, yeah. A lot of oh, my me life. too. Oh, me too. But I know so many random facts. <laughs> I was actually, uh, this weekend I was working, I work at the dungeon on the weekends, um, the front desk, and I don't know how we even got into this topic, but uh, that documentary Blackfish came up. Black Mirror? No, Blackfish. The, one, Blackfish. the one about the orcas and SeaWorld. Oh, oh, kind of newer. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah, like yeah. maybe like two, three years ago or okay. four years ago, something uh-huh. like that. Um, Is it the Japan thing? It, no, it was a worldwide thing. Okay. And, yeah, an American okay. thing. It, you cool. should check it out. It's very Blackfish. interesting. Okay. Yes. Go on. Um, but uh, anyway, so I think I had um, my submissive, which I call my gentleman. He was sitting with me and then another um, uh, another man that comes into the dungeon. And I think for about 45 minutes, I just told them about this documentary. And they were just, they just did. And we're just like, oh, my God. And how many did they, how many people did they kill? And I was like, they killed three people. That one whale did. And then, and then that whale, they used that sperm for all the other whales. So like that energy is there for like 45 minutes. I just like retold the documentary. That's amazing. <laughs> Dude, when I start talking about that stuff, people's eyes just freaking glass <laughs> over that. I'm just like, I'll I'll tell them I'll tell them stats on like certain <laughs> battles from like what year. Yeah. I bought this. Uh, I told I actually told every single person every in every single episode now. Mm-hmm. But I just yeah. bought this book. I bought this book about mm-hmm. the Civil War. Uh huh. During written during the Civil War. Oh my goodness! And it's like original yeah. property published in 1863 before it was over. That's and amazing. And so, oh, it's amazing. Yeah. And so, as I was reading it. I would just be at bars, just like, no, bro, you you would not believe how they talked about this battle. I looked it up on Wikipedia, compared and contrast. It was nothing like they like, said. Yeah. Like, this is propaganda. You get, it's because, like, after you learn something, you get that where it's like, I don't know. I don't know if that's part of our, like, evolutionary self where it's like when we were like, we, we need to share this knowledge. Like, yeah. this knowledge has to be passed down to other people because people yeah. don't know this stuff and yes. you need to know. Like, because they don't teach that. It's part that, of my biology. I'll say that. Shit in, edu- like, in school anymore. Yeah. Not anymore. I don't think they ever really taught real history in a lot of schools. Could be. Yeah. I mean, we don't need to go down my conspir- conspiracy, conspiracy theories. Yeah. Like it's another another episode. Oh man. Um. Yeah. So I think that's how I'm nerdy. Is like yeah. that stuff. So I'm nerdy in probably a lot of similar ways. You are. Like, yeah. You know, I just love. I, I just love to learn. Yeah. This engages yeah. me more than anything else. I agree. Like in in a lot of ways. Yeah. Learning. Yeah. I I agree. I'm very passionate about learning. Yeah. So does the BDSM community um, appeal to a certain type of individual? Like, in other words, like, you know, when people go through, some people, it can be said that when some people go through like a, let's say like a death in the family or maybe Mm -hmm. a death of a spouse, they might find religion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
is there a situation in life that BDSM commonly plays that a similar role like that for people? Um, so, yeah, I would say... So this this question is difficult because there's like the scientific, you know, studies that they've done, which, you know, say that there's maybe a little bit higher percentage of, of you know, people with mental illness or trauma that are within the kink community. Um, but I think that sometimes those are probably skewed because there's so few people that are going to actually admit that they're kinky for a study. Um, oh. But um, and then personally, I feel like everybody has trauma and abuse. So something true. from their past. But um, of course. But I know that it's kind of a stigma that those people are kind of drawn, um, more drawn to the community or, um, but uh, I don't, I don't necessarily find that to be true. Like I said, it, it's it, not true. It is, is it partially true? I'm not saying I like, can't like, uh, all I can say is my opinion and okay. my opinion sure. and in my experience, I don't necessarily find that to be true. Okay. I find like, again, I feel like everybody has some sort of traumas or sure. things that they deal with from their past, from relationships, parents, whatever else. Um, and I and everyone finds different ways to deal with that. Do I see people that use BDSM to, uh, like I said, therapeutically to mm-hmm. deal with that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Are there perfectly healthy people like within BDSM? Yes. Um, so, um, I, yeah, no, I would say, I mean, again, my personal philosophy is everybody. It's a scale and everyone's a little kinky. Everyone's I a mean, little kinky. I feel like even the most vanilla, like. OK, so. My <laughs> my parents are gonna hate me, but um, my parent I, I haven't seen my parents in a f- in a few years, and not because of any of this. Um, as far as I'm aware, they don't know about it yet. But that they're actually coming to visit next weekend, um, and I don't know that there's a chance that this is your the own parents why. don't know that you are on YouTube. Um, no, I, they may they may if somebody that knows me from our town because they still live in the same house I grew up in may have told them. And to be honest, I, I like I hate to laugh, but I. Like, I really hope someone, like, found them in the grocery store and was like, oh, my God, I saw your daughter on YouTube talking about... I learned so much from her. Cock and ball torture. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, like... um, Cock and ball torture. Uh, but I think even them and yeah. their vanilla-ness uh, where, you know, even growing up with them, I think I maybe saw them like kiss each other and hold hands occasionally or whatever. Same they kept parents. that stuff very private. Same with mine. I mean, come on now. I, there's no doubt my mom maybe got a spanking once or twice, you know, like it happens even yeah. like on accident sometimes, you know, mm. like so I would say, I mean, would you say vanilla people aren't even open? Is that like how it's described or like, for instance, like I'm, I think that I'm vanilla because I'm, I don't even know what it is, but. Yeah. I think vanilla people just, uh, just haven't either, either haven't given it thought, but everyone has a fetish, you know, it's just like everyone fetishizes something. Like some people really love like red, redheads or like Mm. you really like, you know, like I always have loved like dark hair and blue eyes, right? Like everyone has little things. Now those may not be as extreme as like a knife fetish or whatever, but like it's a certain thing that you like, um, you know, even sexually too. Like you know, like maybe you know, I mean, a very stereotypical one. Like some people like feet, you know, but some I don't people- get that. <laughs> I do not get that. And this is not a judgment when I say I don't get that. Yeah, I mean, I genuinely have no earthly idea what is the thing with that feet how is how can feet be sexual yeah well (laughs) here like this is the cool thing too like you don't you don't like have to get it 
Like you yeah, can just I like, know, but you know like, I, like, but I, I, like I, I understand, like, I don't necessarily get it either. It's okay. not a fetish of mine. Yeah. Right. Like I don't necessarily get it, but like, I get that some people like that. Just like some people don't get why I have certain fetishes, you know, like yeah. why I like to bite people. Like some people may not get that, but like, yeah. that's my thing. And I think at the end of the day, it's really just about like letting all of those people be in the same space and just being like, sure, well, sure. she likes to do that. And she likes to do sure. that. And he likes to do that. And who cares? But uh, I think the real question there was like, how do you discover that? Like, Th- that is a s- like sexually stimulating to you you know you like you have to find yourself can you, you do it without to... actively searching in other words like do you have to discover bdsm in order to discover a fetish or like do you just no. know a weir- okay. no no i think i think some people probably actively do these things already okay. like um you know like i like biting and scratching um one of my exes i mean he uh, to be honest, he probably could, would he would have been an amazing submissive, but he was more he he was more submissive in the recent. He actually introduced introduced some kinky things into our bedroom lifestyle, like um, like handcuffs. But like he wanted to be in the handcuffs, right? Um, and you know, a few times I played into this, but I remember one thing being is that he liked his back being scratched, and I really enjoyed doing that. Mm. And there were times we lived in Tampa at the time, so like you know, nine months out of the year, you're at the beach or no shirt. And there would be times his friends would be like, dude, what happened to your back? Like, uh-huh. <laughs> and, and I Tree. loved it. <laughs> 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 like I, I like, uh, yeah. there's a lot of people in the kinky community that little, those moments where vanillas are kind of in that gray kinky world where they're like, what happened to that? Do you like, like that? I did that. Yeah. Do you I like sort it. of like them being like, what the F? And you're like, what's yes, up? I love it. I bet you do. I love it. I bet everybody does. It's, it's, it's so, it's been very freeing in my life, um, as well because that's cool. I've, I'm someone who has um, physically attracted lots of attention in my life when I'm in public. And now I have such a different mindset about when people approach me. And also my energy is different. So I found sometimes people just don't. They're like, oh, I should probably not even fuck with her with all her yeah, no, spikes I'm, and I'm dead and scared shit. of you. I'm real scared. Like, I would not. <laughs> but, yeah. but even when people do, I'm like, yeah, okay, well, I mean, you can, but like. I like to whip people like, you know, but like they think I'm joking, right? Like You're I not. can totally, and I'm like, I'll You're be like joking. dead it serious. Seem like it joking is like, right now. I know yeah. it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's great. It's fun to play with. Yeah. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. So what are some misnomers? What's three or give me one, I guess, really big misnomers, like misconceptions that people have about what's a really common judgment that's just flat wrong. That people um, might have about it. I would say number one, when I say that, like, when I used to tell vanilla people I'm going to an kiki event, they'd be like, oh, you're going to have a bunch of orgies. Right. And, and that's like, not what you're doing. No. I'd be like, actually, very little sex is going on at any of these events. Probably less sex that is going on at these college frat part. I mean, like, yeah. no, there's probably lots of sex going on there, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, like you would think, again, be, the misconception is that they think, like... Okay, so before I was in the community and I was like dating and I was like trying to find, um, I was trying to find a a dominant male to date um, because I was still exploring lots of things. And um, I'd have guys that, you know, like on Bumble or like, I, I don't know, okay, Cupid or whatever. And they'd be like, yeah, I'm totally dominant. Like, I'd, I just want to, like, face fuck you and tell you, like, gag and, like, yeah. And then, like, you know, throw you up against the wall. And it's like, yeah no that's not that's not exactly yeah (laughs) that's not exactly what i'm looking for nor does that make it dominant um so what does so much of it is has nothing to do with that's actual yeah Uh, so much of it has nothing to do with actual like scening 
Does um, being a dominant or submissive explain someone's personality? No, not at all. Not at all. You would be surprised how many CEOs, executives, assertive people, people who can completely take care of themselves in normal life, like to come home and be submissive. So it's assumed that submissives would be otherwise, though. Like, it's assumed they might be kind of yeah. wimpy or something. I don't know. Yes. But, it, that, that's but that's a, not the case. That's a misconception. Is it always the, not the case? No. No. There's uh, Anyone can be any type of person. There are, are yes, more passive people who are submissive in yeah. their normal life and submissive in kink world. And then there sure. are dominant people who are more submissive in their vanilla life and more dominant in... Um, in the kink world, and then there's people like me who are just kind of dominant all the time. <laughs> so, in, your personality translates pretty directly to BDSM. Like, yeah, as far as like your role. Yeah, it, I mean, and that's again part of the amazing exploration of this journey of of learning different things within BDSM. Is I found out so many things about myself, and I discovered that you know a lot of my relationships didn't work because the um, the the person I'd be dating was attracted to my very dominant type of personality and energy when I was single. And then um, uh, when I would start melted away. Yeah, when I would start dating someone, I tried to put in I tried to play this role mm -hmm. that I think that society tells women that they're supposed to be to be attractive mm -hmm. and mar marriage a, you know, material. Yeah. And then the relationship there would be there that it would turn into conflict because that's not what they signed up for right. was it originally attracted to. Um, and then, you know, and professionally, it just always came up with, you know, just conflict with men who were upset that I had better ideas than they did. Ooh, <laughs> hot take. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So what has BDSM on that same line of thought showed you about your own self? Maybe not necessarily in a sexual way, like obviously it has, but I mean, as a personal development what would you say BDSM has shown you? Oh, so many things. I mean... Well, some good stuff. I mean, it's all good stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I mean, one, for the first time in my life, I've, ha I've had a, I have a genuine um, non-romantic, non-sexual relationship with someone of the opposite sex that is like, uh, has like really like genuine, deep, pure love so for each other. Yeah, that's just um, with no, uh, again... Because of, uh, you know, and I, I hate to say this because I know people are like, oh, poor you, you're pretty. But like, because of how I present in the world, um, you know, that's kind of the target that most, uh, many people, most men have come at me for. There's always that, uh, you know, uh, even people I'll who say have it been for like, Madame Posh. Madame Posh is very pretty. <laughs> she is like a 12 out of one. <laughs> no, <whatever. laughs> she is very pretty. So I'll say it for her so she doesn't feel obligated to mention it. It, it, I but think, you're saying men approach you. Yeah, based on I think. I mean, and, and not even necessarily because of that. I'm sure I'm, all women experience that. Sure, we sure. are sexual objects, but um, it's nice to be able to be in a space and even just at the dungeon. Like, I'm not I, as a dominant. Like, I'm never expected to be naked, which is like awesome. Like, I get to do all these things in clothes and drive. Um, you know, men absolutely insane, and I don't ever have to take any clothes off. And to me, that that's is satisfying. incredibly powerful. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's how it's not sexual. In yeah. that way, it's more sp a spiritual connection mm -hmm. and a, a vulnerable, a way to be vulnerable with somebody else. Yeah. And even, even when it does get sexual, you know, with my romantic partners, like that's still a power play having like, I mean, think about it. And the times that you've, you know, had a one night stand or drunkenly started making out with your girlfriend, who's naked first? The girl gets, gets naked first. It's, it feels weird. If I don't know. I'm real fast. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> like we're not even out of the car yet. And I'm just like, get, let's get 
But I, I find, uh, I found, I found in my experience in talking to girls, like that's typically that's that non, um, that nonverbal consent yeah. thing, right? Is that as it progresses, the girl normally gets naked first, and and I, I mean, I don't know. Again, in my experience, I've had one kind of very funny experience where the guy got completely naked. Now, first, now you have to tell the story now. <laughs> no. Oh my god. You have to tell the story. Okay, really quick. Okay. okay, so I I used to be an entertainer of the evening, and I mm. um I worked at a club where there was a um a very nerdy uh black black manager okay. who was similar to me. Everyone okay. everyone used to say like we talk very proper and, and act very white. Not to use those kind of references, but that's just what the story is. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, go ahead. And so we went out one night and we got drunk and he was coming, going to come back to my place. So he was yeah. following me home. And as we went to go turn on to my street that I lived on, he did not pay attention or was not paying attention because he was intoxicated and he hit the back of my car. Um, and so he pretty oh, much totaled our, our, totaled our cars. But I, you know, I felt bad. I didn't want to call the cops. I didn't want anyone to go to jail. Sure. Like I, you know, so I said, just I'm two blocks down the street. Just, you know, get your lump of car to, to my, and you can sleep on the couch. Right. And so we get over there and like, it's a one, it's a one bedroom, one bath apartment. So I go into the, uh-huh, the bathroom uh-huh. and when I come out, he is naked, butt ass naked yes. on the bed. Just yes. Like spread ready. eagle. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, um, you just told him my car. <laughs> And now you have. And I was gonna. This is let not you, a real story. Gonna, this is a real story. He's naked after he wrecked your car. After he wrecked my car, and I um, then he's informed like, yeah, him that I was gonna let him sleep on the couch. But yeah. now he's going to have to leave. And his, I mean, his car was totaled, like dragging, sparking shit. Oh my um, god! He didn't live too far away, but like I was like, well, now you have to fucking leave. <laughs> you um, made him leave? Oh yeah, of course I made him leave. What are you talking about? Yeah, what? So he naked. So that's the that's yeah. the chain of events. <laughs> made him leave so he then naked. he yes. thought he was being so bold too you oh, know, know in his head he was like oh i'm gonna knock her off her freaking Look, socks it, right now. just a little tip guys if yeah. you total the girl's car on the way home it's probably not gonna happen <laughs> there's the podcast opener <laughs> uh yeah. but wait here's the really funny part right okay. so then the next night i'm at work and i'm telling some of my friends i'm like oh my god you can't believe what happened blah, yeah blah, blah. yeah and i was like who does that and they're like quagmire and family guy and i was like <gasps> oh my god was and he so wearing then- a hawaiian shirt <laughs> 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 no, but did he have a giant job? But like eight girls at the club called him Quagmire for like months oh after that, and he God. had no idea why. It was really funny. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can figure out why somebody called you Quagmire. <laughs> like I don't think it's too, you know, too know. far. He of a was pretty drunk. Yet. He may not yeah. remember. Wow, that's a story. Anyways, I don't know what we were originally talking about. Now I do I have a question though. So you keep. So we're gonna get in a semantic sea of like misunderstanding because I don't. Okay. Know. Yeah. 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 So when you said you have, so. You said, correct me, because I'm going to say this all wrong. You said you have people that you have, that are friend encounters Mm -hmm. that you participate Mm -hmm. and do scenes with. Mm -hmm. And then you have, you, but you have a lovers or a lover, but you're not actually committed. Yeah. So, okay. So here's what my dynamics look like right now. Okay. I have, um, my gentleman who is a submissive man, who is also my romantic partner, who is my primary poly partner you said that. all that without using the word boyfriend <laughs> no i hate the word boyfriend why i don't know it just sounds like you're in high school no it sounds to me using the word boyfriend says i'm committed yeah well that's because it's vanilla it's culture <laughs> but is but how many how many boyfriends are really that committed well 
I'm just saying. Good point. No, good point. It's, 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 I understand. Um, the point, I think but. for and also just for the kind of intensity, I, I will admit this: like BDSM relationships can be way more intense than than regular vanilla relationships because of the type of activities that we participate in, which is one reason Honestly, why yeah. I. I enjoy it. Um, but even for that, like, uh, lots of people use p- quite formal titles within BDSM other than daddy and little girl, even though I know those are very popular. Um, some people use mistress, dom, um, sir, daddy. But uh, when you call somebody are, a gentleman, like, are you guys in a committed thing or is that? Yeah. So the, the title just has to do with the fact that I like the way that sounds. I, one of my biggest fetishes is for nostalgia. So, um, nostalgia. Yeah, like I like when I imagine my ultimate dom situation, I'm in like a 1950s, 60s, like cigar library gentleman's club with like whiskey on the rocks in my own business suit. And I'm at the same table. I'm at the same table with all the men with my submissive people. And I'm an equal as a black female in the 50s, in the 50s. Yeah, that is a big fetish of mine. Um our idea of mine as my dominance. So, so I'm a lady, mm-hmm. I'm a dominant lady and he is a submissive gentleman. And that's why I call him that. So are you guys in a committed relationship? We are in a poly relationship. And is that different than an open relationship? Yes. So you're committed to a couple different people, but it's closed outside of that. Right now he is my, he is my only um, poly partner, but I am dating um, another female. Okay, so is she dating him also? No. Okay, so this is not really a poly because you guys aren't all no, three no, together. No, 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 that doesn't... Okay. That's not what poly is. Okay, so set me straight. Poly, number one, poly means multiple loves. Right. So if someone says they're poly and they just run around and fuck different people, that's not poly. That's being open. I don't know whatever labels you want to give that. That's a different label. Okay. Poly means multiple loves. That's literally what the word means. So poly means you have multiple committed relationship dynamics with just multiple people so you could almost look at it like that like i have multiple monogamous relationships <laughs> but like it what? sounds like that doesn't make sense say? but like i have multiple I monogamous, monogamous I don't, relationships like, i don't okay, go ahead. i don't i don't um have sexual activity with a bunch of different people i'm not allowed to like run like if tonight i meet someone hot and i just want to have a one night stand like that would break the negotiated setup dynamics okay. within my relationships okay. so there is so, commitment in like, that sense yeah even like with the girl that i started dating before i even approached that dynamic i discussed that with my gentleman okay. are you okay with this are you going to okay. be okay being around her do you want to be around her do you want me to keep these de- relationships separate does he get say in that yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The um, submissives at the end of the day really have most of the power because they are consenting to everything we're doing. And that's why we have things like safe words, uh, which are typically read, um, which means the play stops. Even if you're in a 24-7 dynamic, even if it's your relationship, if he can read in the middle of a conversation and say this is too far for me or whatever. Um, so at the end of the day, the submissives have a lot of, they have all of the power because as soon as they say, no, we can't do these anything, it, we it's stop over. doing them. Um, and so the way that I look at poly is that, I mean, anyone that I'm in a poly dynamic with needs to know who else I'm also in a poly dynamic with. Um, also health wise, like if you're going to be sexually active with multiple people, they, they need to know that and who Uh, those people are also sexually active with. That's really, really important to me. I know some other people, it's not as important. That's fine. That's a personal preference. Um, that's a good one. (laughs) I also, yeah, I also am like kind of really like, uh, 
sapioasexual. I don't know how you exactly you describe it. Sapiosexual, and that is that intelligence yeah, like, or something like that. Yeah, where you're attracted to intelligence, meaning I'm I'm it's very selective who I'm sexually attracted to or who that energy. Even though unfortunately I exude that energy and in absorbance like <laughs> over much, um, me feeling that towards someone else is incredibly selective and has much to do with the actual intelligence in our conversation than yeah. physic physicality. Sure. So that being said it works for my dynamics because um you know my gentleman is has been monogamous most of his life this is his first kind of poly dynamic and that's been a, a fun journey to kind of exploring that with him um this Did is my first 21st dynamic um yeah this is something i'm i'm bisexual and having a a um, a male partner and a female partner in my life uh has always been something that i've wanted even before i was kinky that sounds so. pretty kick-ass i mean yeah yeah so he was married before? I'm sorry. You said he was always monogamous. Was he, he was married? always monogamous before. Not married, but monogamous partners. Just, okay. yeah. He's never been polyamorous before. How did you guys meet? He was a client. He was a client? Yep. So he called you. So what do you actually do as a professional? Um, so if you are interested in doing a session, you can go to my website at domposh d-o-m-m-e-p-o-s-h um dot com and uh you would fill out a form there is a like there's a a kink yes no checklist which is basically a list of a bunch of different fetishes and you list whether you've done them before if you want to do them on what scale you want to do them um and then you also fill out a form and uh you submit all of that. Then I get all that information, review it. If things that you've put on there are services I offer or I feel comfortable doing that, then I'll reach back out to you. We set up a Skype meet and greet so I can kind of feel your energy out, talk about what you're wanting, and then we would um, set up a session or an experience is what I call them on my um, on my webpage. Mm -hmm. Then a session, I mean, again, it depends on what you're wanting, how that session's going to go, like what your fetish is. Or Is there anything typical? Um... No, there's really not anything really, typical. Really, it's always unique. I yeah, bet that's it really it. Um, for me, it is. I will say this: my um, my kind of pro dom brand is a little bit different than maybe, um, especially what a lot of vanillas may think. Um, a lot of the perception of pro doms comes from kind of a porn standpoint. Which what is, is a pro dom, and why does it become come from a pro dom porn or dominatrix? Um, You're saying professional? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and dom dominant. like D O M M E, okay. like the French version female. Of, of dom oh, so yeah. it's not short for dominant it's it is short for dominant okay. this is really i know this does make no yeah. sense no it's okay Clear it's it up. short yeah. for dominant but dom d-o-m is the male version and dom d-o-m-m-e is the female oh m-m-e yes oh is that why you're madam yes <laughs> i know and it, what's funny is that i'm madam with i an literally e felt the heat from the light bulb yeah. over my head i was like oh I'm, my god i'm madam with an e and it's really funny how many people don't realize that madam comes from french and is supposed to have an e on it with a madam yeah but um yeah so anyways I don't cool know, what else were you asking i don't know i'm just feel like i'm just i had so look i have this long extensive list but i did not stick to it whatsoever <laughs> you could still ask some of those things I can give quicker answers. No, I love your long answers. And I didn't know how, what I really like, what I've learned so far is how much of, it seems like there's a self-care aspect to it, which mm -hmm. is so mind-blowing mm -hmm. because it seems like almost an indulgence, like a vice, like, you know yeah. what I mean? But it's not. Like the way you're describing it is like, 
I don't know. There's no real analogy. It's like it, it it can be a vice, but if you're doing it in a healthy space and and I say a healthy space, meaning that, I mean, you can still be working through things and going through therapy and still sure. do kinky things and be in a healthy space. But if you're doing it in a healthy space, if you're a dominant, you're with a dominant that's not abusive and mm-hmm. you're in a dominant that's not abusive and you're a submissive who this is not your crutch. You can stand on your own without this thing, this um, thing, then it's really just kind of a hobby. You know, it can kind of just be a hobby. Um, I mean, I meet up with some of people within the community um, at White Rock Lake to throw whips just to practice. Like that's like people watching people like lark. You know, like it's just it's and lark. Uh, that's basically when they like get together and like do medieval battles in the park. Oh, is a, a, they do new one thing. right down there, and I walk my dog past it every Sunday, and they are dead ass serious. Yeah. they are dead serious. I mean, my my long term goals, if anything, I do helps helps the community be looked more as like a hobby where like you know you're you can be at your vanilla job and people are like what do you gotta do this weekend and they're like oh i've got to go kids soccer games and you can yeah. be like oh well, i'm going to a whip convention and people are like that sounds cool and just moves about with their day then i like we've made promise <laughs> like when yeah. it can just be a hobby um and something you do you mean where it's not totally weird that's just people another can, thing can disconnect the fact the the sexual aspect of it within vanilla culture like i do rope bondage and like rope bondage is so to me is so therapeutic and how so um <laughs> and how did you discover that doing lots of rope um and 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 being in a lot of rope so what exactly um, is this tell me about it rope bondage is 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 basically that where i tie I, I tie people up in rope so you can't move or you can move or maybe it's painful or maybe it's relaxing i do a lot of suspension meaning that i use the rope to get you completely up off the floor so you're dangling ropes from a ceiling no, i'm tying tie- ropes on you Okay. And then I attach, uh, I'll do like harnesses, hip harnesses, chest harnesses. There's, there's different ties and frictions that you do to create um, systems uh, that you then attach more rope to. And then you create pulley systems to basically suspend people in the air. I can show you pictures when we're done. Actually, yes. And so why would I want to... That sounds so stupid. Yeah. No, so why not. would I want to do that? Like, why would I want you to freaking tie me up and suspend me? Um, okay, so I'll give a quick story about my gentleman specifically. When he okay. first came to me, he'd never done anything, never had a scene before, never done anything kinky. It was his first session. And we did just some floor rope. We didn't do any suspension because um, don't jump right into that. Um, sure. But uh, we did some floor rope and he was so nervous and he was just like talking the whole time. Well, hell yeah. And I was just tying the rope and tying the rope. And by the time I got done with the tie, because taking off the rope is just as fun as putting it on. Um, as when I got to the end of like everything was on and I was starting to take the rope off, like his speech started getting slower and he started breathing heavier. Like and he then, was hypnotized. Um, kind of almost. And then he like, and then he got quiet. And then towards the end of it, once I was finally kind of taken off, he was like, Oh, I can, I can see why people would like this. <laughs> Is it similar um, to asphyxiation? Like in, no, in no, no, okay, okay. no, you can. Yes. Like neck rope is cool and fun. Um, wow. but, um, and not like not so asphyxiation. There is safe ways to uh, restrict air for short periods of time for breath play. But at the breath same play. time, that's a good band name. Yeah. Yeah. That is actually <laughs> my next uh, band. 
At the same time, I have asked way too many men to choke me during things and have now realized how incredibly dangerous that has been because they have no clue what they're doing. There is a certain spots that you should do specifically. Um, Uh And then having safe words and different, yeah, other things as well. But yeah, so yeah, with with rope, it's really, again, it goes back to that meditative state Mm -hmm. and getting in a place where you are... It's one. It, it, it kind of like face? tripping. It almost sounds like you're tripping on yeah, drugs. You're just like, I need to be on shrooms right now, and I need to be in a safe space with the right people and the right. That's kind of. How is it kind of like that? I like. You know, I mean, in that sense. Yes, it's okay. like that in a natural way because the drugs are made by your body. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's releasing it's chemicals. Your own, it's your yeah. own happy, happy drugs that are already with inside of you. So, yeah, I do explain it like that. I we joke that way in the community. I mean, I was like. Uh, I, I had a rope class yesterday and I do did two pretty cool suspensions. I was trying trying some new things. And when I was tying, like bundling up my rope, because mm. you do get a top space. Top space normally I feel like happens more a little bit after the What scene. is a top space? Um, so like subspace is the high that the that the submissive gets. Top space is going to be the high that the, the dominant gets. And Hive meaning like where you physically are in the room. Would, no high like oh high high and getting yes, euphoric like your 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 euphoric space that you right. get in okay. while you're doing I see. the scene. I got you. So like if you if if I'm in the middle of an intense rope suspension session where I'm doing lots of transitions and tying different rope and and um or whatever else, it's it's almost like um everything around me gets a little blurry. You get kind of like a hyper focus. Um, there I've I've done scenes where like I didn't realize people had like left and entered the room that we're watching because I was Cause so like yeah you're bliss. just so you're you're not you're aware but you're only again it's almost like everything else around you goes cloudy and you're just kind of focused on that person that you're interacting with. Um, but then hmm. afterwards, I describe like my high after a scene is like literally like just like smoking weed, getting high, really? like super giggly, giggly and giddy and artistic. And like if I do too much rope and then come home late, like I'll be up for like four hours just like, oh, I need to make this video and let me do this and I could create this and this is some other rope I want to yeah. do. I get in that very much that kind of space. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> That's really cool. So have you ever had... Well, I have two questions. So is there situations where people take advantage of this? Like people who are malicious yes. beforehand who come in and like these... Because it sounds like y'all are wanting vulnerability with one another. And that just sounds like a good target for with, somebody. Within a safe safe space, yes. And pre-negotiated and consented to and researched. And mm-hmm. I think that is part of the problem. And I do try to speak to a lot of new people about that, uh, specifically in rope. And, and yeah. I describe this like... Uh, just I describe this basically like this. Almost any other fetish you do, other than bondage, specifically rope... If, if I'm over someone's knee getting a spanking and they decide to try to cross the line or violate my consent, touch me somewhere I don't want to, okay. I still have four limbs that I can try kick to get away. I can kick, yeah. I can scratch, I can do something. If you're in a full suspension, you have your arms tied behind your back and oh both God. legs are off the ground. And so you don't have any control over, over anything. Um, and so I think the biggest mistake that a lot of submissives make is when they come into the community, they're so excited to do rope again because of that high that you get when you do those things right um that they they um they trust people they shouldn't trust so just because they're kinky doesn't mean they're trustworthy again humans are still flawed sure and uh sometimes predators who already have bad Mm. intentions Mm -hmm. take up a hobby specifically to attract prey um, and rope is a good thing for that. is is an easy thing that for that. It's terrible. Um, and and it is terrible. And there have been um, there have been uh, 
pretty big rope names or popular people within the community that have taken advantage of those things and have it's been outed and they've come down. Um, and so again, that isn't something else, a, a big part of my channel and being a, a female rigger because it, most riggers are male. Um, rigger meaning you rigging ropes. Yes, I'm rigging the rope. Okay. I'm the, at the top. Um, I, I do try to communicate to the new bottoms to, um, Play in public, number one, like it, it's absolutely insane to talk to someone online back and forth for even, <laughs> I don't care if it's for a month and then go to his house with nobody there. And I know as I'm saying this, I totally came to your house with nobody here, but you don't know <laughs> hey, that I, really trustworthy. I, you don't know, I have 911 calls and people stalking things and like, <laughs> so oh, man. But what I'm saying is yeah, yeah. with the intention to go do those things, even if you're going for like a spanking scene, like I would suggest getting to know this person. That's why I suggest going to events and I understand they can be stressful. Right, you're in public. And yeah, yeah, but being in public, if something happens, if you say you're a safe word and somebody doesn't stop, if someone's doing something you didn't negotiate it to, you have other people around you. And that is also from the rigor top point of view, no matter what fetish you're doing, that is for you as well. Because mm -hmm. at the same time, those bottoms have a lot of power as well, where I have seen bottoms wait six months because they're unhappy about whoever their past dominant is dating now and then try to come out and say that they had a consent violation and that can ruin your entire reputation. Wow. Because this is a private thing and your your reputation is that if you're it's not that something I'm you're consciously thinking about, but if you have a bad one, people won't play with you. So in that same aspect, playing in public also protects you as a as a top, especially if you're doing a lot of pickup play and it's not just play with someone you're in a relationship with. It kind of sounds like BDSM is a real self regulating community. It's like you guys really take so. care of it yourself. There's no hi yes. is there any hierarchy or like any sort of fun like you know what I mean? Is there any uh, like panel or like no. corporate LLC? Like there's no, there's different. Again, there's different groups. The leather community is probably the most organized um, fetish community, uh, okay. alternative lifestyle community. Leather is a there's um, there's whole processes and procedures and um, um, protocols that you go through to like get your leathers to become full parts of the community. There's different levels and labels for different things. So that's probably the biggest sub-community with an alternative lifestyle that has hierarchy within that. Other than that, no, it's it's very much self-regulating. And um, because of, again, negative connotations from v vanilla culture, it, we have to be so we can still do some of the things that we want to do until we kind of change those misconceptions. Yeah. Very cool. Man, I'm about to... You said something about me being amazing. <laughs> You have an amazing <laughs> spiral staircase that I would like to do rope on and make great photo shoots. That thing's scary. Tie people too. I don't know if it would hold. No, no, not to suspend. No, okay. it wouldn't hold. I, f I figured that out walking on it. Yeah, that's, it's, that's, it's shaky. Yeah, that's part of me and my gentleman have been scouting some places to do some suspension outside because it's really fun to do it outside, like from a tree or something, but you have to really... From a tree. Yeah, but you gotta you gotta really Whoa. yeah. It looks really cool. It makes pretty pictures. Plus, if you're my gentleman's very um, spiritual. I love that you call him my gentleman. It's like it's almost flattering. It's like he's such a gentleman. I literally call him my gentleman. Yeah, but he is he is a gentleman and he is mine. What else do you like about him? <laughs> um, he is a plethora of knowledge. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, it's the A nerd's delight. Yeah, like yes. I mean his his closet is literally full of like books, flat like from floor to ceiling. Um and and about things that like 
I'm so interested in, but I would never read a book on. Sure. Um, like philosophy and different types of deities from all these different cultures all over the world. He's lived in the Middle East. Cool. Um, he's a <clears throat> he's in um, the medical field. Uh, he just he knows so many things. And so at the same time, while he was reading books, like I was doing the same thing with you know maybe more political pop culture. And so at the same time, when I'll make references like, you know, that's what she said. And he's like, that came from the 80s. No, Did you know like that? he, no, he like has no idea where it came from at all. Uh, well, just <laughs> like, so you know. Yeah. And like, I have to explain it or like, um, what, oh, I was, I oh, you had to explain that's yes, what she said yes, to him. Like Amazing. I, have to ex- I have to explain lots of pop culture references uh, to but him. But that's what she said. That's a, that's been around on Yes. Men. Oh yeah. I know. Like that's, I mean, I, yeah. How do you explain that? Um, well. That is something <laughs> sexual a girl could have said in the previous it's, encounter it's, i feel like it's one of the one of those things that you kind of have to have experienced either from that or like the show so like i tried to explain it yeah. like i also tried to explain um so he watched the office totally on no he never watched watch the office that's what i'm saying like he doesn't watch tv okay. or these shows at all so, so he's like, an actual nerd yes yeah. like he he's reads, a real life one. he reads books so uh, yeah. whereas i will make jokes like i love archer do you watch archer I okay, I love you. <laughs> that show, that show. Okay, so I started dating this girl mm-hmm. a long. This is years ago, like probably five years ago. That year, that shows that old, right? It's like uh, maybe yeah. three or four or five years ago. This girl first date talks about Archer. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, cool. I've never heard of it. Mm-hmm. She talked that show up. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, okay, cool. And I'm I'm a nerd. Like one of my big things, I love Lord of the Rings. That's a yeah. big. I oh, cannot yeah. wait to see. Uh, Tolkien. Mm-hmm. In fact, I have a magazine. I know. I saw it in the bathroom. So, <laughs> yeah. so um, where was it going with that? So she talked. I could not wait. We sat down. We got the popcorn. Mm-hmm. We got it on the big screen. We turned it up, and I was like, "I've never seen such terrible acting." <laughs> that I've never seen. I was like, "This guy is pure eye candy." That's the <laughs> only draw to this show. Like, what? It's a cartoon. Wait, what are we talking about? Wait, no, 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 no. We're not talking about the same show. This is a real life show. No, you're talking about Dexter? No, I know no. Dexter. No, it's no. Arrow. Arrow, okay, yes. You know no. Arrow? Is that, yeah, do you know I, what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking is about. It Arrow? No, I didn't watch that show. So no. it's not Archer. Ar- Archer isn't like in a, oh, a yes. very irreverent no, okay. adult I, I'm cartoon. Sorry. I, that, that all clicked <laughs> no, in my brain. You're no, right. I was thinking fine. Arrow, Archer. I was like, wait. Okay, <gasps> sorry, I sound like a dummy. Okay. No, no, you did No, it's okay. There's, yeah, that's totally understandable. What were you saying about that? Uh, that it's, I mean, number one, it's like the best show ever. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was just about but, to um, body slam I was, that show. No, no, no. Okay. I was making a reference where I was, I've made reference, me and my roommates that I live with, like yeah. Archer is like our life. Like we could have a whole conversation just from like, uh, sayings from that show. Right. Yeah. And totally communicate properly. Yeah. Probably. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I, we make references to a lot. I mean, if you watch Archer, like the main, um, there, there, it's about like two, um, like assassin secret agents in America that work for this uh, agency called ISIS, which it was called ISIS before ISIS was ISIS. Um, <laughs> but uh, the two main characters that are assassins is like this really like alcoholic, pretty boy, white guy, and this very like vivacious black female, like who's in love with him, but is constantly kind of fighting that. And um, it's by like half the characters from, have you ever watched Arrested Development? Yeah. Okay, like half the characters from that show voice all these characters. Okay. And they're similar. It's a similar type of comedy where there's okay. jokes that are running on for three seasons. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's, I mean, it's it's fucking hilarious. Please check it out. But right anyways, I would make references to that and I've had to explain them. 
I have to explain all of my references to him. And so, which is yeah. creates a whole nother level of comedy, but it's also funny too. Cause when, when other people yeah. do it, when we're in group settings, yeah. they'll say something and then I'll look at him and I'll be like, this is something from 1996 when, or, you know, 2002 when Britney Spears shaved her head. Oh, you did okay. not have to explain the shaved head. How old is he? Is he one? 41, 42, yeah, 41. So he was alive. He was in his third. 20s and Look, 90s. that is I. This is what I love about Britney's shaved head. This is will be Hot in the thing. history books as okay. like a moment in time. Yeah, because you literally are just like, what? He didn't know about Britney's shaved head. Like, and I'm sure. Like, and people listening in the future are gonna be like, what the fuck are you talking? No, about no. Shaved? I feel like people in the future are gonna be like, yeah, I, I read that in school one time about Britney Spears. <laughs> it's like literally part of our that American was, that history was, that was It was an event. It was an event. Yeah. That was an event. People watch that shit Dude, on the Dude, you know the, she was like 21 when that happened? Yeah. She was really young yes, when she well, had a breakdown. Yes, people, people forget that she started working when she was like six. That's crazy. Yeah, that's insanity. I wonder what that kind of life is like. You know, I often wonder how that, because you know, I think in, in, a, in a sense we all sort of strives for a certain um, level of people to like us. Yeah, you know, we all of want course. This, which yeah. is, it's embedded. It, yeah. it makes sense. It's human nature. How does somebody operate when that no longer is a goal? Like when you, when it's so readily available and in abundance, what now is your, you know, because even it drives how you dress. Mm-hmm. Like it drives, you know, that in at least some subset. Yeah. Always. Mm-hmm. So, that, again, how, and that when is, that's gone, what are you like then? That is one that, amazing thing about the king community is it's a space where you can come in and take off all those masks that you have to wear in life this is my you know this is how i am i I always describe it as mask and filters right and this is the first time in my life where like almost everywhere i go i don't have to wear any like when i leave my house i don't have to put on my work vanilla mask i don't have to put on my this is my parents mask when i see them this is the mask for this group of friends no so this is like your no this is like your moment I, I, I'm going to, if they do not already know, if that is not the reason why they're coming to visit me for the first time in 15 years, because I've lived out of, I'm from, I'm from Seattle originally. And, uh, my, my parents, I've gone, I go, I would go home often and they'd help me come home, but they've never come to actually visit. So this was kind of a random visit. So if this visit is not to tell me that they're ashamed that I'm on YouTube talking about BDSM, surely not. And they ask about what's going on in my life. I'm going to give them, um, I'm going to give them an option on whether they want to know the truth or whether they would like to just continue not, you know, well, that's not not having an option. Like obviously they're not going to pick. I don't want to know. Um, well, I'm going to, I'm going to preface it with like, uh, you have to understand how conservative, religious and sheltered I grew up in. And so uh, them, like my mom, I'm surprised if someone came up to her in the grocery store and was like, I saw your, you know, your daughter she on, on YouTube. I feel like she'd have a heart attack. Yeah. Like I feel like she'd die. And so I feel like just out of their, you know, health concerns, I should at least give them an opportunity to choose not to hear the information if they would like to not sure. to. But I'm also at a place in my life where I'm not, I'm not hiding any anything about myself anymore. No, I'm not ashamed about anything I do. And I, if, if you're, um, if you want to judge it, that's fine. I don't care. If you are curious, I will answer all your questions and hopefully you'll be able to understand it on a different level. Um, just like I, you know, I've talked about this w- with my gentleman, like, you know, what I'm going to say if that situation, when that situation comes up. I imagine up. I'm in a top hat every time you say that. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, he has Does one. he have a cane? He does, of course oh, yeah. he does. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I plan on um, also, you know, preferencing, like, this is what I do, but this is also the most 
joyous time I've ever like happiest really? I've ever been in my entire life. Whereas I have no idea necessarily what the future holds financially. It's not necessarily always a hundred percent secure. I mean, I am an entrepreneur, but I've never just also just been so like every day, just like, Oh my God, how did I get so lucky? I'm so grateful that I get to do these things and that these people are in my life. And, um, just very, very blessed. And, uh, you know, sometimes feeling like, you know, almost like I don't deserve it. Like it's going to like the bubble's going to pop or something, but, um, but I, Good I just for try you. to keep being grateful. Good for you. You know, that's what everybody's after. And the thing is in some level or another, just like everything you've described, you have to have some, you have to have some balls. You just do. You yeah. have to put yourself out there and you're not going to get that. I don't think until you, you know, have a come to Jesus, so to speak. Yeah. And I, what people don't realize is that the, this, these expectations that are created in, in vanilla society or in, you know, society overall, we're all, they're all created by people over time, um, that are, have more power and control than we do. And there, there's nothing, um, again, not to like get in conspiracy theories or anything like that, oh, but I'm about to ask you there's, about all your conspiracy there's, theories. there's no better way to control a population by not letting them branch out into their own creativity, like, um, you know, expanding their own mind, right? Keeping that mind closed is a good way to keep people in fighting against each other and worried about superficial topics. Instead of expanding your own personal growth and looking inside yourself and seeing how I can improve on myself to, um, you know, make this one conscious life that we 100% know that we get amazing. That's and not better. conspiratorial at all. I mean, there's a reason we have to come into work every day. Yeah. It's so they can yeah. check us out, you yeah. know? Yeah. And, um, yeah. And the, the, not, not that's, that's their only aim. I didn't mean it that no, way. No, no. Yeah. I mean, but I get what you're saying, but that it's is, not a that conspiracy is, is what I'm saying. It's everywhere. I mean, yeah. But uh, yeah. I, you know, I tell people too, like when you're coming into the, the kink fetish community, like take all preconceived notions of Ow. that society has put about Ow. women, about men, about gay people, about transgender people, about relationships, about dynamics, about energy, about sex, take all of those and throw them away start brand new with a new whiteboard because I see this happen often. People come in and then you try to apply those type of stereotypes, of stereotypes to what we're doing. And then that's, it, it, you will look at what we're doing crazy. If you look at someone who's in a daddy little relationship and you know, it's a 50 year old man and it's a 25 year old girl and she's acting like a it's 12, a 12 year old girl. Yeah. yeah with a binky, yeah. like people are like, what? But if you understand that that girl, um, that that mindset that she's in majority of the time is that 12 year old girl. And when she has to go to work and manage things, that's when she's actually more uncomfortable. That's when she has to put a mask on because that's that person. Mm -hmm. And everybody is different, even though we may not understand that everybody is different. And so that's their normal mindset. So oftentimes if, littles that are little all the time, because you don't necessarily have to be, it little can is be the a same space thing as a submissive. Little is a submissive that likes to, uh, do, do, um, age play meaning they may so they pretend to be younger than yes, they are they okay. may have like a stuffy which is like a, a stuffed animal and okay. they may like a binky they like to watch disney movies they like to color okay. um some sometimes these things still incorporate like bdsm spankings and that type of play sometimes they don't um daddies caregivers mommies those are all names for people like that are would be the dominant in that type of dynamic sure. and you'll see a lot you see a lot of this stuff on instagram this has probably been the most kind of like instagram commercialized um that, fetish that daddy mommy okay. daddy mommy little little girl um okay. and so it, you it's it's but really what it is it's a caregiver 
um, dynamic where that top gets joy out of taking care of somebody and that bottom needs someone to take care of them. At the same point, I say for a healthy dynamic as a bottom, especially in those damn dynamics, you should be able to take care of yourself without that person. That person can help you. But if that person isn't um, encouraging you to do things that make you uh, more independent of them, um, meaning that your submission to them and your need for them is more of a choice than necessary, um, then that's not a healthy dynamic if that person is just kind of pushing you to like shut people out of your life and only kind of focus on them. Those can be kind of abusive dynamics. But if, if that person is encouraging you to better yourself, keeping you on a schedule, making sure you're on time for work, you know, and maybe if you're not, then you get a spanking for every minute you're late, things like that. Those ki- that's kind of how those dynamics can work. That can bring structure into someone's life who maybe needs that. Maybe their parents didn't teach them that. Um, and that can add value and make them a better person. And that's kind of the that's role so that you that you um, play as a dominant, even not in, even not in those dynamics, especially, I mean, not actually, actually, I'm not going to put a gender on that with most of my submissives. A lot of what I do as a dominant is uh, reassuring them that they're, they matter and that they're important. See, and what that the hell are you saying? For. That's amazing. And like, yeah. I mean, that's that's a lot of it. That yes, is not that is not included in the stereotype of BDSM. No. Nobody nobody thinks that somebody's going to say, "I'm literally here to tell you you're enough" or yeah. whatever. You're giving them self encouragement and and to help themselves develop. That makes no sense. To, I mean, I don't mean that. I mean it. That I did not put those. It, these two it, things it, together ever I, again those are that's, that's why incredible this, yeah it's there's such misconceptions um i mean and some of those misconceptions are even still within the community because i've talked about that with other dominants they're like oh i never thought about that and i'm like yeah that's what when i had there was a moment where i had two or three female submissives and i mean i my text messages every day were like oh my gosh you're so beautiful girl like you are so like you're gonna make this mm-hmm. you're gonna do so good at this blah blah blah, blah. Yeah. you know like you know what uh, and and there were aspects of like you know i i actually don't use um physical um i don't use physical play for punishment some people do and that's totally fine i'm not judging that but i like i want pain to be connected to positive emotions so um punishments for my submissives would be different and i i really don't use many punishments i feel like i kind of what is pain for positive what 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 were you explain what you're meaning if you're a masochist and you enjoy pain um or you're is um, that someone who likes to administer pain no a masochist is someone who enjoys be um pain being inflicted on them that likes enjoy receiving pain yes what's the what's the opposite of that um a sadist sadist yes someone who enjoys administering pain so like i would be but there's a sexual aspect to this no 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 there doesn't have to be so it's just at all gratification not necessarily sexual okay yeah so like cool again it puts you in that high so an example is um this new girl that i'm dating we had a little social last week with some friends at my at my friend's house and we did um we tied two of the girls their backs to each other to the chair um we tied we put rope in both their mouths and tied their like heads together um and then we'd like tied all their body parts just kind of going different ways on the on the chair um and then she had one like thigh that like didn't have any rope on it and was like exposed so um i was like we should give her a caning um and caning is is literally that like they have used caning in other parts of the world as punishment like for crimes and stuff um you clearly don't go that hard but you can like i've you seen people that like that yeah you hit someone with a cane um and it, it was particularly sadistic because it's cold caning oftentimes you can uh when you're doing impact play if you warm the skin up then people can sustain um uh, can can sustain more pain um, over the long term, you know, just like if you sure, stretch sure, sure. before you work out. But cold caning is specifically done because it inflicts the most amount of pain and leaves the biggest type of marks. Um, and a lot of bottoms marks is 
that's what it's all like. That's what it's about. They want to be able to look at it five days later and be like, oh, that was such a like amazing moment. How can you explain the the am I hitting you with too many questions? Too no, often? no, no. Keep okay. going. I can talk about this all the time. OK, <laughs> cool. Because this so how I am right now like I'm asking you like this is how I am in real annoying life. Like people are just like, shut, shut it, shut it. Stop trying to find out every single thing about me. Like I just met you three seconds ago. No, it's again, it's totally fine. I like talking about this stuff. So can you explain the, in your personal experience, you don't have to speak for everybody. Mm-hmm. How, what is the pain pleasure relationship? When you say that someone is getting caned, that mm-hmm. doesn't sound very, and this is how, like when you first, so I, I watched a bunch of your videos. So, mm-hmm. The, the first thing I thought of, the way I related to it, was getting a tattoo. So, like, when yeah. I got a tattoo, I was like, I'm like, I cannot wait to get another one. And it's excruciating. Yeah. I mean, like, it is painful AF, yeah. especially, like, in certain areas. And so, mm-hmm. I, but I'm itching again. I was the same way after I got my first tattoo. So, is yeah. is that a similar yeah, it's brain a, function there? Yeah, or? It's, okay. just, it's a chemical reaction in the body. So, p- but pain, pain is there to biologically to make you avoid yes, that. Yes, but pain is also a psychological, right? So, like, it's all sure. in your head. Yeah. Right? So, but pain um, releases endorphins just like, you know, any other type of pleasure. So, for masochists, and sometimes this is natural, like, you know, they're born that way. They enjoy pain. Um, some, you know, like um, in the very off times that I'm submissive, like I'm not necessarily a masochist where I get off on the pain. I'm someone who I enjoy the power exchange. So um, someone um, like if I'm in a uh, in a in a DS dynamic when my dominant would dominant like, would like. Yes. And I'm I'm the submissive one and my dominant would like to cold cane me. I'm going to hate that. That pain is not going to get off. But the fact that he wants to do that and I did that as a service for him because he enjoys that, that would be aspect. The, that aspect is kind of what gets me off. But masochists are, are um, and true masochism is is just really kind of just getting off on the pain. So like with my, but it's my, not like evil though. It's no, just, okay. no, no, no. Like, here's the thing. I know again, it's such misconceptions. That's Some of the yeah. biggest masochists in our communities, when they get hit, they giggle. And giggle and giggle. That like scares our, the shit out of me. Yeah, like, like I'm seeing somebody would, giggle from yeah, getting punched. I mean, because yeah. like you think you'd walk in a dungeon and just be like screams and yells. And there's many it's times not. where it's just fucking giggles all over the place <laughs> because these girls they like that. Um, laughing is a, is a reaction to something happening or basically something happening that you don't predict in your brain. So mm. enjoy, that the the that aspect of enjoying pain makes people laugh sometimes and and the, the more than tense the pain gets i will more get laughter than oftentimes really like screams yes like my gentleman is not a big masochist he doesn't like a lot of pain but when we do do impact or something like that when i get a hard hit i, I get laughter more than i get anything really yeah yeah he, yeah and it, and again i think it's that that i think it's your you're again your conscious just kind of trying to reason like why do i this hurts why do i enjoy this i don't expect that and then you laugh this almost sounds like the same reason you might take ayahuasca, go to yes. go to South America or like um, get like in uh, what is it called where it, um, it's like deprivation tank. Yes, is that what? Yes, that's which is sensory it's deprivation, which is a fetish and something that we do. Crazy. Yeah, um, it is similar. An ayahuasca ceremony is actually a goal of something I want to do someday. Me, um, same. It's, it requires releasing a lot of control, which clearly I enjoy having. Uh, so it's definitely like a bucket list, like life goal Same. 
Um, but yeah, it is, it is similar in that aspect of if you, again, if you're thinking of it on a spiritual or metaphysical or whatever mm -hmm, mm -hmm. level, um, the pain or the scene, just like an eye, just like the, the, the leaves and the tea from an ayahuasca ceremony kind of make you go internal. That's the same thing like that. When you're trying to process pain, you, um, you go internal and you're not as worried about your environment. You're not worried about, and even if you really think about it, that's what we're doing every single day. We're constantly kind of reacting to everything going on around us, which is why we're not um, in um, the moment all the time, right? Which is what meditation is. It is being conscious in this moment and just feeling this mic on my lips and looking at you. I'm doing this and hearing my voice and instead of thinking about what I'm going to say next and what I'm doing after this. Um, and we don't do that very often. And so um, that that getting into that headspace, again, makes you go um, go inside. And again, depending on what your beliefs are, I understand, but, um, going inside and, and being introspective is, is freedom to Absolutely. release, um, you know, traumas and better yourself as a person. And, 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 you know, if you're spiritual access to the divine. Um, and so kink does that. That, I don't want to rant twice about the same dang thing, but like that blows my mind. That blows my mind. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it, yeah, again, uh, that that's why I'm 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 trying to share as much as I can because I, I want people. There's so many people I feel like that have maybe not experienced certain things and could have lived much better lives or more fulfilled. I mean, that's one of the taglines on my on my pro dom side is is it's okay. I want people to feel okay to indulge in like you know if you like someone to sit on you and pop balloons because you like the way the balloons feel on your skin. Like yeah, that's like to a lot of people that may seem kind of weird, but like that makes you happy. Do that. Live your life. Is there an element of like overcoming embarrassment? Because that seems yeah. like something insane. Yeah, it, there's like, there's so much judgment. There's so many people that keep things this to is themselves. Like an ultimate judgment free zone. Yeah, yeah, it, and it is, and it should be, and if it ever isn't, you know, it's failing and I'm around, let me know. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm, I'm already um, scared of you. So. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's again, it's a non-judgmental environment where you can be yourself. Where, and I know, you know, that's that can be a stereotype. You know, a CEO of a company that like likes to be really submissive and goes to see a dominatrix but that is a that is a real thing um you know i i do have clients that do run businesses um and are very successful and this is their release again it's similar to like getting a massage or something like that is this moment where they don't have to make any decisions they don't have to worry about their family or their kids or paying this or somebody in their office needs something they can just be can this function in your opinion in a marriage like let's say yes let's say i was married to mm -hmm. this, to, to whoever, mm -hmm. and she was participating in this. I don't understand it. Mm -hmm. And she's like, this is like a part of my identity. I always knew it was. I just yeah. discovered BDSM and this is something I'm going to try. Is there, I mean, how does a couple get through that? Um, or do you have an experience like I, I I haven't had a, a direct experience like that, but that does happen a lot. Um, I have I've met couples where the where their wife has drugged them to the dungeon, and I've met couples where the husbands drug them to the dungeon. Um, I think it depends on the person. Sure, um, sure. If sure. you have you know if you have someone that you bring it up to, communication is everything, and that's why most relationships fail, right? And so if you don't communicate it and it keeps to be hidden, it, it's going to eat away, and it's going to it's going to erode something in your relationship or you personally. So it's just I mean it's it's that's not a positive way to. Go. 
go. But I understand losing somebody because you come out, which I have talked to people who have, who have that's happened where they've come out where I, I have this thing that I like to do and their partners have broken up with them. And wow. that is, that is sad. But then again, is it not sadder to have stayed with that person and not be yourself for your entire fucking life? Seriously. Like, what's more sad? Someone who's going to, you stay, you staying with somebody who's going to judge you for anything. Heartache sucks. And I but like, I have been through it a few times and it sucks. And Same. I have been to, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've experienced it's, it's down sucks. in the deep. It sucks. It sucks. 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 But like, yeah, I'm so glad I'm not like married to any of those people. Right. I'm staying with those people being miserable, especially now that I, you know, understand that it can be like, I, I'm so happy. You right. Know what's interesting so, about you is that you're very emotionally intelligent. Oh, you are very emotional. And I, I, I'm not just complimenting you. I just mean like you, you seem to understand the human psyche, like a psychologist might, or at least you approach understanding them I, like a psychologist I, would or yeah. a counselor perhaps. If, you know, if I had the money to go to school, I probably would have gone to school for psychology. I find the human brain incredibly interesting and in what, what motivates people to do things incredibly Same interesting. Too. And what I found with, with BDSM and kink is, is it's, it's only enhanced my, my knowledge, um, about, yeah. about that. So I, it's something I've already, you know, I'd studied and read documentaries on and or watch, watch documentaries and, and read articles. And I'm curious about, um, but then, you know, understanding all this psychological aspects of BDSM. And then also, again, um, my gentleman is so educated about so many things. So he has taught me a lot as well, even in the short time I've known him. Um, and, and again, too, I, I found that my interest in those things had helped me so much. I mean, even just, you know, like navigating clicks and social circles within the community and stuff like that. Like, um, I pull from that a lot. I like to read lots of body language and um, and also helps in my scenes. I mean, I, I, I have a video where I encourage people to research these things. Um, I mean, I have a few YouTube channels that I watch that just give really good information on being charismatic or what it means when people respond this way and put their hands this way and do this. And all those things also help with the scene because you are reading that body language. Um, you know, I can kind of tell the difference between, you know, when my gentleman is, is, is sustaining something because he's for me or when he like is in it, like enduring yeah like okay. in rope it, it's a lot of endurance okay. um you're you're put yeah. in different positions and suspended and you, you use muscles you don't realize that you haven't used um and so i can tell when the difference between a, a 911 situation meaning we need to be done now um in a situation where it's What's like a situation like that um Sometimes, depending on the position you get in, I mean, it's rope, and you're you're creating um, systems to be able to to suspend in yourself with the rope. And we're humans, so you know we can err, or you know, it's there's a lot of engineering to it um, as well. And cool. so, um, if you make a mistake or something like that, a rope slips. Maybe a rope gets too tight because you've now pulled it this way. Nerve damage is one of the biggest risk of of rope. Um, so communication is really big. And so I like whenever I do suspension, I let people know, like, you know, once they're all the way up, I'll tell them it, it's going to take me about five to eight minutes to get you down from this. Right. And um, and normally that it takes about half of the time that I give them. Right. Because I need to make make room for for air there. But I'll tell them that so that they know, like, if something's starting to feel uncomfortable, you tell me as soon as it starts feeling uncomfortable and not when it gets to the point where it's like, I have to come down right now yeah. because I can't untie all that. Yeah. I can't untie all that rope in that time. And then I have to cut you down. And that's, 
more traumatic. Um, but if people are, are saying, oh, okay, well, you know, this hand feels like it's, it's starting to go a little tingly or numb, which is totally okay. You can still stay up in suspensions even when that happens. Oh, man. Just have responsible tops that know what to look for. Um, but um, that does happen. And But letting me know that that happens ahead of time, I'm like, okay, that's getting tingly. Okay, well, maybe I can move you in a different position and relieve that, and we don't have to actually end the scene. Um, and unless you also do a lot of rope, you may not know that being the bottom. How long do these scenes usually last? Um, it depends on what I'm doing. Anywhere from... Mm, probably minimum an hour i will oh, admit oh really yeah they're in the ropes for like an hour yeah um, like we've been talking an hour yeah like the scenes i did the other day yesterday took about an hour and a half wow i mean it, it i'm getting faster because part of it is is part of what you're tying but i also have two rope bottoms that can stay up in suspension for like they can sustain a lot of rope and they I mean, I will have them up for 30 minutes is a long time to have someone up for suspension. I will say 10 minutes is, is even like if you do your first suspension, you stay for 10 minutes. Like that's awesome. Um, cause people don't really understand how much, uh, like how much strength it really does take to sustain some of those things. But I have two robot second can literally stay up. Like I've had my gentleman up for like 30. We, one of my sessions, that was actually it. The goal was to see who was going to tap out first. Like whether he and was going to red, he, I put him around and he said, I could have stayed up longer said i know but i can't I, as a as a responsible top i can't have you upside down for 45 minutes <laughs> are you gonna get married one day uh i have no and this is even before i was kinky i have no need to get married um within the kink community and society we have um collars are a really big thing so what? collars literally collars you're saying like a collar, like an actual collar um sometimes they'll be leather sometimes cool. they have um, yeah, sometimes they'll be like my, my gentleman's collar is smaller than this chain one I'm wearing, but it is like chain mail. Um, but it, it's, uh, it's basically a sign of ownership. Um, cause ownership has, is, that's an aspect of the power exchange similar like, to a ring. Okay. Yes. Um, but, um, it, a dynamic within BDSM that is, um, kind of looked at as like, it's not an ultimate goal, but sometimes it's looked at like, okay, that's the ultimate um, exchange of power, which is a master slave dynamic. And it, and it will go as far as, you know, there are places where you can get slave registry numbers and, and you can make a contract that says you own this person for a year and a day. And what people are you talking about? Um, and people, people do that. White people do that. <laughs> people can get a contract like uh, in whose, yes, people within whose power people, it, they're not um, depending or is again it just between uh, each other. Yes, between each other. Depending okay. on the state, whether it's legally binding, that is, um, you know, that depends on the laws of that. This is but, a legal document. But they will write contracts and sign them. Um, you know, some depending on your fetish, some people will sign them in like blood. Some people. Um, <laughs> but there is Amazing. companies where you can get where you can register your slave, and they get a slave registry number. And they make they like and they get like a certificate. Yeah, and like some people have their like slave number tattooed on them. Like, yeah, people have lots of lots of crazy. So people fetishes. are freaking into this. Yes, like this is a life. This is a mm -hmm. not just an obsession. This is not just like it's a, a lifestyle. Willy nilly, I just need to get this out. This yeah. is like 
there's a there's a it's couple an identity thing yeah there's a couple in la and you know they have the money to be able to do this but the the wife does not work she is a full-time 24 7 slave and the ultimate aspect now you can have a 24 7 dynamic and negotiate what parts of your life that the dominant controls but in this relationship she's given up a hundred percent control so she does exactly what this person tells her to do no matter what and she is she's a very very beautiful woman um but she has shaved her head she gets um buried in the backyard once a month overnight she'll, i feel like i need a lot i feel like i need a track just like what yeah she'll get um, so what does that mean she gets literally on like, like literally put in a box in, in bondage put in a hole and is left there and dirt put back on top of the box oh. and then he comes back and digs her back up the next day so what is she getting out of this is like do you feel like this is that is good for her mental health um and again as long as you're a consenting adult and um, there's no resist now. Now there, yeah, there are extremes. Yes, no, no, there are definitely extremes, um, and and you can definitely. Um, but she's not going go wrong overboard. in your opinion, though. But is is if she's okay with that? Yeah. And again, it's not causing her any trauma mm-hmm. psychologically. Then that's okay. I mean, again, it goes back to that meditation. It's f- you're forcing your brain to say, "I can breathe. I'm fine. I know mm. I'm in this box. I know that all this dirt is on top of me, but I'm alive." This is all in my head. And that experience wow. of trying to process that and get through that is uh, something that a lot of people utterly don't unique. ever. Utterly unique. Yeah, is very unique and also is, is is you know, basically what, what like a definition of like a spiritual awakening where you break through something so much and you get that high. When you get through that moment of, you know, like I'll have people in suspension and they'll be like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And I'll be like, you're talking. That you can clearly breath. breathe. Um, and even when I do suspension, I, you know, I've had, when I first went up, actually, I admit I never really had that moment. I was addicted the first time I did it. Um, cause I do a lot of self-suspension <laughs> this as well. Body. This is what, this is the moment. I, I mean, that's like what I'm trying to get to the bottom of is like, what in your core? Cause I feel like it's in your core and I don't know why I think that. Cause I don't have any experience I, with this, you know, but there's something about you that tells me yeah. this is in your core and I don't no, know why. It, it, and I mean, it really is. It really was something that when I found out about it, I was like, well, duh, this is what I've been yeah. supposed to be doing my whole I don't know why I life. also got that and yeah. I don't know why. Um, Maybe and you do. It, yeah, it, it, it took a little while to, to figure that out, especially cause when I was first researching coming from being a female, I was doing a lot mm-hmm. of stuff on the S side of the slash and it took me to actually topping to be like, Oh yeah, no, this is where I want to be. But, um, but yeah, no, it is something that, and here's the thing. I had so many kinky people around me. Like it was one how of those things that? that like the universe has been trying to slap me over the head with this for Isn't like funny how that works? six or seven years. And, and I just always like that. wasn't, I mean, I have, I had a friend one time where I would, I would hang out with them late at night after we yeah. go out. And one night, uh, her boyfriend was like, are they, they brought up that she had a, a rainbow butt plug tail that made her look like a unicorn. <laughs> And I was so many like, band names. yeah, butt, butt plug tail. Yeah. And so she, and she was like super excited about it. And mm-hmm. so, uh, he was like, well, go put it in, show her. And she's like, mm, like makes that noise. And he's like, go put it in and show her. And I was like, well, uh, yeah, no, if he told you to put it in, go do it. Like, <laughs> um, and so she, and she comes did. back out on all fours with, I mean, the tail was gorgeous. It was beautiful, but, and, and you know, she's, naked and i was like that is like so lovely like that's beautiful like i'm an artist i don't care i don't judge right i was like that's so cool never got it never even looked it up never was like what's pony play or like you just immediately felt just was like oh that's what you do what's odd about that to me and this is 
what I think this is what blows the mind. And I keep bringing this up aside from like the personal thing. I mean, um, the spiritual thing, but mm-hmm. the fact that that's not a sexual situation, though she's naked. Yeah. Though that's happening. That that to me is where I'm trying to grasp. To her, that's that's um, like psychological sadism, right? So it's embarrassing. Cool. And she and some people get off on about that us? embarrassment. I, like, uh, what does this explain about us? This is where I'm after. Like, what does this explain about Humans? being a human? Like, how um, how does this explain this? Very because complicated people. We are. Because we are all human. That 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 is what fuels the podcast. Is because we're all human. Meaning meaning that whatever whatever thing, in my opinion, anybody does is within our own drive and capability. Mm-hmm. Also, mm-hmm. because we're human, just like just like a dog, mm-hmm. dog to dog. I mean, and so what does BDS like that story you just told me? What does that tell me this about is, me? Like yeah. where? Where in my DNA does that story, you know what I mean? And so that, that's what, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it is very interesting. And there's not, I mean, um, especially with being a femdom, there's a lot of uh, misconceptions that like male dominance always want. There's a lot of degradation in femdom culture, right? And embarrassment and things like that. You mean that negatively that. or positively? Um, positively, if that's what the, the um, submissive wants. But um, sometimes it can overlap where like that will overlap where, with all men. Um, where sometimes dom- femdoms have a hard time getting out of that when you're another or knowing how to kind of play that role or sarcastically play it off each other. Like I, I, I you know, I play with dominant guys sometimes too. Cause you know, they're again, we're human. So there's lots of egos in the community. So you're messing with and, them. Yeah. And I'm messing with them and some, most of the time they don't know. <laughs> um, but, now they do. but it's part of, yeah, but it's part of, it's part of the game that you kind of have to play because I, I, you can't go around and expect that I can boss everyone around. Sure. Like if I haven't negotiated with you and have consent to tell you what to do, then I don't. Um, but I do also ha- run into issues where you have, you know, male dominance, especially in a rope because most riggers are dom- are men. A lot of riggers are men and I will go to events and they will be like, Oh, do you need someone to tie you? And I'm like, Here's an elbow to no, the mouth. I no. do not. Yeah. And then they look at me strange when, you know, maybe an hour later I'm doing some, you know, bond and they're like, well, what? She didn't learn that from me. Like, word, you know, like it just is very, it's very weird. Um, wow, sometimes you're tra- how people you're challenging stereotypes within challenging a stereotype. Yes. No, it, it, that is one thing that I, I will say. There's, pl- so there's always positives and negatives to everything. And there's so many positives with the fetish community. But at the same time, you do have human people. Sure, and there is sure, an aspect sure. within, within the community where I'm like, I don't understand why a bunch of people who have felt like outcast for their whole life, who have never fit in, finally found a community and a group where they all fit in. And then they treat each other like, like everyone shit. that's been making us feel like outcasts because we're life. humans in the end of the day as well yeah yeah so like even the within the whole bsm community you have different you know fetish groups like the rope people who can be very pretentious and i'm sorry it's but i like am high school like these are the plastics yes and like these- yes and sometimes i will hear people talk talk about the different groups like that and i i mean i'm prone to say something because again i'm also trying to break They're those judging stereotypes and judgment. oh my god yes. that's so funny yeah and it, it's it's an <laughs> People are so people. It's annoying. People so people. Yeah, no, it, that's, it that's just it just shows it how yeah. how flawed humans are. But yeah. um, it is very it is very interesting. And again, especially I've again, especially in rope, because rope is very technical, and the people uh, the people who do rope like to think you know it's it's a Japanese art, and so it can be pretentious. Um, and Almost I have no problem. Over. 
Yeah, I, I, was, I almost dramatically fell over. Like, are you freaking joking? Shut up! Like, pr- like it really it can. Like, pr- it can. I've heard like riggers be like, "Well, I, I don't like using a reverse tension on that because I feel like it does this." And I'm like, "Well, you're wrong. That's why I always use it." And I'm like, "It doesn't matter. Was the rope bottom happy? Did they get the floaty feelings? They don't care what knot you use. Like, it's so ridiculous. There's sometimes. always that guy. You it, can't get away yes, from no, it. No, there's the always BDSM some guy that's is. like, my dick." is big and I need to show everyone with my fancy rope skills. You know, it's sunny. It just like you were saying, people are always people, but that's what makes life great. It's just, it's just funny. It is. It is funny. You just have to laugh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're so open and cool. I think that's, that's very gratifying for a podcast like this. Cause <laughs> like, I don't feel like I had a dig. And your mic is struggling to get it up. <laughs> do you have any tips or tricks for this kind of situation i mean i have many things i could probably use literally i could use but, my my eyes right now you didn't now even know that you liked <laughs> so let's say um yeah as we as we round as we round third so let's say i am an utter vanilla as you as you call it yes dude yeah your mic what really is? is struggling there uh, you go get down up in it this is awkward <laughs> i feel like i'm I don't know. Are you feeling embarrassed and yes. decorated? Yes. Because like, your mic's lower than yes. mine is. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to let her play some mind tricks on me, but here we are. Uh, so. Wait, what was I asking? Oh, was that some good? Oh, yeah. So let's say that I was, which I am. So yes. let's say. You're you. So me, let's say I actually am me. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're literally used what you know about me so far, which is nothing. I mean within the last hour yeah and and what your energies told me so what is my energy you can be and you can be mean <laughs> what is my <laughs> you mean. can I, I mean you can <laughs> honestly like so what is if i was if i approached you and was like listen this is something i'm really closed off normally but i have this side of me and i don't know i don't know how to ex- to explore this you know if, what do you jack off to Oh my God, I'm not, my parents listen to this. There's no way I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> because, I mean, uh, again. Is that literally question one? And maybe not question one, but. What's question Typically, one? that is what's. Um, really? That's how you find You know, out. like if you, if, if you. So you're searching for a fetish. Yes, that's typically what's drawing that person to the community in the beginning. And yeah. then they discover all the other things that it has to offer. Um, but yeah, oftentimes, you know. Oh work um but oftentimes yeah it is it's something that they've been thinking about for a long time or you know or maybe they've been tying themselves with rope for um, you know months and buying rope books and we'll say it's me and i have never so like you had never never i'm just like man i interviewed this girl one time and she was telling me about this bdsm thing so i i I typically gauge your reaction to things i'm saying so so yeah so like you've been respect um uh, what's the word? Um, responsive to spanking in a positive way. What? I would say your body language. Okay. I'm not sure if that which side of the slash you would be on because I feel like you could be like a really like technical top, but like what I also technical top mean? meaning that you're like very good, like you have very good form and like mm. your rope would be very pristine. Oh, I got great. Yeah, I feel like you'd be very like a little OCD about your stuff. Mm. If you are a dominant now, but I also feel like you might be a switch. 
What's a switch means? Switch I can means go either that you way. can go either way. Are you just being polite? No, I'm. Um, I'm like also I'm not picking a side by trying. No, to I'm you. also saying that because a lot of people are switches, and okay. it's just it's a percentage of how much you spend on which side is slash. And I also find that a lot of people in the younger generation switches did not used to be something that was accepted. You were either a dominant or a submissive when you're talking more traditional BDSM culture, um, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago. But uh, in the last 15 years, maybe, it started to become more acceptable to be a switch. And I'm finding a lot of people in the younger generation are, are, are switches. They're in dynamics where they have a, a power exchange. Um, but then, then for specific scenes, they may switch or someone may, they may both tie each other. Or So I came at you, I mean, I didn't come at you. I said, all right, I, I, I literally was just introduced to this verbally. Mm-hmm. I'm, this just sounds like stuff that's been going on in my head. I don't know what to do next. Where um, do you take me? I would suggest going on FetLife and making a FetLife profile. Um, FetLife, again, is the Facebook of kink. Um, and I suggest people meet people. So don't use FetLife as a dating app, right? Use FetLife to find um, to find events in your local area where you can meet people in person. Like in this conversation, we talked about how like intense and deep these dynamics and relationships can go and how they can affect your psyche and mm-hmm, all those other mm-hmm, things. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you don't want to just do that with random, no random people. Right. And because that is a f- like a physical touch is a big aspect of this as well. You need to meet those people in person. Mm-hmm. You need to feel their energy in person. Anyone can be anything online. So even more than even vanilla relationships, which should also be in person, but, um, to be able to communicate correctly, you need to meet people in person. So use FetLife to find events, to meet people in real life, to play with, or to, to date. Uh, and also do research. If you decided that you wanted to start mountain climbing, you wouldn't just go mountain climb. Go to the mountain. You yeah. would at least Google some stuff before. And I am surprised. I mean, I spent over a year. Re- when I say researching, I mean, I get up, I will like do yoga, research, watch videos, go to work, come home, research, watch videos, go to sleep. Like for like a year on different fetishes, on the lifestyle, on leather culture, on this, on this for a long time before I ever even played mm. with anybody. It almost now, sounds like you're on the fence about it. Uh, That's a long time. Oh, no, no, no. This was just me wanting to do everything right. Like I didn't want to walk into a convention where um, I didn't want to want to walk maybe into like a leather convention where they have very specific protocols where if someone introduces themselves as, you know, master um mark or something like that like that's a title that's been bestowed upon them within that leather community and so you address them with that title um just things like that where it's like i didn't want to mess up i didn't want to offend anyone i wanted to make sure i knew what i was talking about i wanted like it it was it was really it was that nerd (laughs) inside of us that just wanted to to make sure i dotted all my i's and crossed all my t's uh for when i was you know became more public about it um and also too like to be able to watch out for you know predators or you know places where I could get hurt. I think sometimes sure. submissives put too much um, trust in their top. You need to, if you really like needles, you need to understand the safety um, and the needles. risk needles? of needles. Oh my gosh. No. So many people love no. needles. Yes. I, I, needles there's a scary. girl in our community that every time she comes out to the dungeon, she brings her own tarp and it's, it's needles. A needle. Anyway. They, but no injection. Not injection. No, no. More. It's more decorative. Like, uh, like they'll, uh, they, they'll put needles either directly, sometimes directly in, but most of the time, like through almost like a piercing. Um, but you can do it like all over. You can do actually do it on any body part. You can put needles anywhere, but I've seen needles and they'll do designs on the back and attach them with twine and do pictures. I've seen needles in the penis. I've seen, yeah, needles everywhere. What a needle in a penis. 
Uh, I, you know, you wouldn't think so, but that penis got hard really quick after that needle went in it, and that, and he was not. There that was no like the opposite of. Yeah, you would think, but that guy was in blissful heaven while that was happening. I was, that, I was there. That, it was a demo. How was that? That, that to me is space. Like that to me is exploring space. Like how? What? Yeah, I mean, again, it's the it's overcoming that mental space of pain and then also and and enjoying that euphoria and um is there a part of bdsm that like legitimately freaks you out is there anything that scares you anymore or makes you like kind of raise your eyebrows a little Um, bit or hesitant no i mean i have some hard limits i don't judge it when other people do it i get it i totally get it um like i don't really like buttholes and there's a lot of stuff and kinky things that have to do with guys buttholes guys buttholes (laughs) well um especially being a pro dom like there's lots of people that want to do pegging or like anal training and stuff like that now i have a i have a feministic issue with pegging as a pro dom because to me it's sex and the only reason i I think it i believe it is illegal in texas but it's not illegal in all states so i think that is a little unfair that i can fuck a guy with a rubber penis but if he fucked you're me, philosophically against yeah that. yeah yeah that i have a, i struggle with that um why do you struggle my, with that uh, my inner feminist doesn't that's not fair <laughs> it's not fair to him um if like it's not fair that it would be illegal for me to be for me to have the guy fuck me in my vagina and that's considered prostitution but if i oh, put oh. on a rubber penis and fuck his asshole then it's legal, then it's legal and so that in some places that and that that okay. disparity bothers me because a part of my feminal feminine dominance is also and again i'm not judging there are people there are femdoms that this is a big aspect of their sure, play sure but me personally um my fem dominance comes from my feminineness so if i then have to put on a rubber dick to then be dominant to you, to me, that just puts all the power back in the dick, which is what I'm trying to get the fuck away from for my entire life. (laughs) Like, you know, so it's like, oh, okay, so I get the power, but now to have this power, I have to now also have this penis. And then it's also like, is my vagina not so fucking amazing that I need to go get a plastic thing that looks like the thing you've been carrying around your entire fucking life? There has to be an element of bisexuality there. Um, I feel um, like there might be an element of bisexual for the Well, I think I mean again, I think everyone's on a spectrum and I think that's perspective as well because sure. the you you have organs in your asshole that are sexually pleasing and so I can understand why some people would um why guys so want you turn that. that down. You're just like nah. As as a service, no. It's something to me that I feel is very intimate and if I'm in an intimate romantic relationship with somebody okay. and that's something they wanted to explore, I would be open to that. But are you going to give me $400 an hour to peg you? No. I understand. Absolutely not. I understand the And line. and also part of that's just like dude, I didn't like big dog. It's your asshole. Yeah. That's gross. I mean, I'm not I have I have I have residual trauma from bathroom activities from the shame of my parents. Oh, my parents shamed many most bathroom activities. Like if you pee too long, like then you went number two, and then you got shamed if you left the door open. She would have shamed me. (laughs) Thirty minutes ago, I was that is I was on a marathon. I was explaining to her, and she was like, "Cool." (laughs) That still affects me to this day. Like I don't like people to hear me pee because like that's a big fetish too. Like peeing on people. Like water I don't, sports. I don't get that. 
I don't get that. I, I don't necessarily get, very get it either. Unsanitary. I'm, I'm not judging again. But, again, yeah, not nothing judging wrong either. With it, but like, I really want to understand what psychological factors um, into that. I what, can't. I can't you? tell you this. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's a degradation. If you're okay. into degradation on a level that like people feel like that's the ultimate level, like there is like no way to get more like it's beneath almost a, It's you. almost a metaphor. Yes. Yeah. For degradation. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And that that's what a lot of it is, is, is a physical representation of that, that idea. kind of idea. I get it. Yeah. But, um. I get it. I get good. it. Then I've done my job. You're doing your, <laughs> you're doing your good job real good. Yeah. But no, peeing on someone, no, I, so that's you like have a, you have lines. Though. Oh yeah, I, do you yes. set them out ahead of time, or is Dominant it like have, do you just run into uh, like obstacles and you're like, mm. um, no, I mean the the things that I know people are gonna ask for, they're bluntly stated on my website. Like I don't offer these services. Um, but then if you submit something and it's something that I don't offer or don't do, um, I've replied back and said thank you so much. I, this isn't something I offer, and I've even referred other femdoms in the community. Been like, but she does this, so, and she probably you know do it better since it's not something I enjoy doing. Right. So if we, so let me ask you a dumb, possibly offensive question. <laughs> so if I had to completely differentiate this from prostitution, yes. as you mentioned, how, yes. how would you, where's, how is, where's the thick line? Uh, I don't ever take my clothes off and no one ever touches my vagina. Okay. So this is some of my clients, um, session naked. Um, but no, I mean, like I don't, I, I, and again, I don't judge some femdoms allow this, but like you, there's no sexual release okay. ever in a session or after Never. a session or any, on any property of me being there. Um, now if you want to go home and do that, I don't, you know, that do whatever you want, but that doesn't, that's not really involved. And I think part of that is too, is, is kind of how I've marketed myself. Um, I've kind of made sure like the way my website says what I offer, that sex is not the first thing. Although, you know, you may find me attractive. I don't, my pictures are not focusing on that aspect. I've definitely focused on it being more of a, a life coach type of thing. That's pretty cool. It's cool because it's, I guarantee there's not a single person listening that is not affiliated with the community has ever thought about it that way. I really, I, I really think that. I really think yeah. nobody has ever thought of BDSM as some sort of, or at least like a non-twisted view of it. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Because somebody like, no, it's, it's like literally life therapy. My, like, I think a normal person's gut reaction would be like, well, that sounds pretty manipulative. It sounds like you're almost justifying. But honestly, yeah. the way you're describing it, it's not. Yeah, I mean, there's scientific research to back it up pretty cool <laughs> hopefully we'll be able to do more of it i would i would love for scientists to be able to like um like track certain brain waves and stuff when people are playing and and when like bottoms and tops are in in head spaces and kind of see what that like and compare it to mm -hmm. different brains on drugs to be honest that'd be cool comparison to see i bet we get way more high from our own stuff <laughs> i bet that's true but that's true yeah all right so as we round out are you tired yet um, no, I have to admit, I could probably talk about this all night. Like I have to go home and film videos for YouTube. So I got to talk about more things. Yeah. So it's you're not even life. done. <laughs> all right. So last question, what is your goal as a, as a professional? What is your goal overall? What's the next step? I mean, I have some, you know, I have some business goals like, you know, I'd like to own my own dungeon or space someday and um, I'd like to travel and be able to do, you know, rope performances and 
around the world. I mean, I've only seen kink culture in the U.S. And it's like every time I hear of things, I mean, Europe is completely different scene. Um, is it? Yeah. 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 Completely different scene. They're, they're a little bit more um, about the latex and, and um, uh. lifestyle stuff and protocols and fancy parties and stuff. Um, Japan's completely different because they do a lot of, sed- I mean, obviously rope bondages from there, but their style's much more sadistic. So I definitely want to travel and just and see those things, like go to dungeons in these different places. I have a friend that told me that he met a dominatrix in Dubai, and I was like, a bud, well, what? Like, how does that even happen? Like, where does and she find clients? Where is there a dungeon? Like, how do I talk to this person? Yeah. Because that sounds amazing. So personally, that's a, that's a personal goal because I would like to experience those things. But, um, and business wise. But I think too, I, I really am just, I struggled a lot, even though I did a lot of research in the beginning, I struggled a lot to find a lot of information and to find mentors when I got out into the community. And um, as much as I did feel like it was my place, I also have very strong personality and some things that have happened, um, you know, other people may not have gone back. Um, so really just kind of uh, bridging that gap and, and getting information out there. Like you said, you've never looked at it this way before. So explaining that to people. Um, and then my, uh, one of my partners that I do rope with mentioned the other day, cause I was talking about, uh, creating like a, a pretty much like a rope studio that would be like a yoga studio. Um, and where you come in and rent a space cause it's hard having a hard point in your house is expensive or sometimes in the way. Um, and he mm-hmm. was like, he's like, yeah, he's like, you could kind of market almost like a jujitsu studio. He's like, and then you could like teach kids rope and like all, everybody at the group would like started laughing and I looked at him and I was like, you fucking get it. Like That's you get genius, it yeah. because once I can get society to understand that this is an art and this has nothing to do with sex and I'm teaching an eight year old kid how to self suspend because maybe they went through, you know, they've been in foster care their whole life and it's a good therapeutic route for them. That's success. That is my podcast topper. <laughs> I think that is what we landed on. You got anything yeah. else? No, this has been great. Thank it's you. It's seriously been great. Yeah, you've been really great to talk to you and had good questions. And hopefully yeah. I, I get some valuable answers. Um, so where can people find you? Give all your Instagram, give everything. Just give me. Wait, let me get some popcorn. <laughs> okay, right, so if you would like to uh, use any of my ProDom services or I'm also... Um, offering what I'm calling like Shibari rope therapy services, which is kind of separate from the power exchange dominant aspect of it. But um, if you would like any of those services, I am in the Dallas Fort with Metroplex and you can go to my website, which is dom, D-O-M-M-E, posh, P-O-S-H.com. Um, and then I also have a YouTube page that's called the MP Experience, MP for Madam Posh. And um, that's on YouTube and all the links, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, they're all either Madam Posh or the MP Experience. And I'm trying to think of, oh, if you're trying to, um, Instagram, same, Madam Posh or the MP experience. And they're both linked to each other. But if somebody just has some random questions, like, hey, I'm just interested. You can message me on any of those social medias or comment on any of my, um, um, comment on any of my videos. Or you can email me at the MP experience at gmail.com as well. If you have, uh, if you have more direct questions, you don't want to put in a public forum and I will, and I do answer them. I have time set up every week to answer for life messages and comments and everything like that. Um, because again, if, if one message I give you helps you realize, Oh, this is awesome. And I want to do this. Then like, that's awesome. So it's worth my time. Madam Posh, you were an absolute pleasure to talk to. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. So are you, we're going to have to have you come out to an event. Okay, but I'm showing up with my shirt off. That's perfectly fine. I'm going to encourage that. I'm sure everyone else will as well. (laughs) All right. 
You guys have a good week. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Thank you.